All right, hello, Lisa. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Tyler. We have some uh, tequila here. We do. We've got a Reposado tequila. Yeah. So I'm going to show you. I want to show Pash, yeah. Pash. Pash German for smack. Yeah. I'm going to show you how to properly cheers. Okay. So you always look your partner in the eye, your mm -hmm. person you're cheering in the eye. You say cheers, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And then you tap the bottom mm -hmm. for those who are no longer with us or who could not make it. Mm. And then you drink. Technically, oh wow, that's good. That's amazing. Hey, get over here, Nico. Even in that, um, the silver chrome, it's really, really good. Yeah, yum, yum, yum. I need to get more honey, vanilla glasses. Yeah, I don't have very many. I don't have very many shot glasses. Oh, do you know that I collect shot glasses? It's fun, it's a fun little thing. I have shot glasses, um, because being a bartender for so long. I have uh, shot glasses from all over the world, from all of my customers that have traveled. Very cool. Germany. That's where I have a friend Antarctica. of mine. A friend of mine gave me this Lebanon one. Oh my gosh, you have She's a Lebanon. From, from Lebanon. Wow. Do yeah. I have a Lebanon? Lebanon. I I I have um. I have um, Dubai. My my but my favorite um shot glasses hand painted from uh, Israel. It was very cool. Yeah, it was really. Yeah. I, I like those little ones. I, I I need to be better about getting them when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. I always in the airport or where I'm. I always forget to get something. Yeah. Um, but I, I get people will give them to me sometimes. So I have like a few like random ones, and I'm just like, yeah. You know, it's it's a. And then I got these recently. They're fantastic. Stephen has some of these too, but but these were these were so cool. I was like, oh, let me find some, and I found some online. Yeah, these are like these little Jägermeister yeah. shot glasses, yeah. and you know Americans have totally um, abused the Jägermeister yeah. digestive. You were saying it's it's yeah. a sipping thing. It's not meant to shoot back or mix with Red Bull or you know. It's it's a um, digestive after a hearty meal. Yeah. You know, you eat something really meaty and greasy and rich. German, yeah. German. You know, you have a digestive. That's what uh, Fernet Branca is for. You know, your Amaros are for. You know, they're they're for that. So or cleansing like Campari, you have in the beginning. It's a palate cleanser, right? So it's an aperitif. I like Campari. Right, Aperol. You know, when I was a when I was a kid, when I was younger, they're the I, same brand, right? Aperol and Campari. They're in the same family. family. They're, they're both Italian. Similar label. Well, Campari originally came from uh, beetles, red these specific red beetles in Italy. It doesn't anymore, but uh, that's what made it, gave it that color. Yeah, it was from a bug. Oh, yeah, interesting. from a they, bug. They, they, there was that mm -hmm. that 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 uh, rumor was going around about Skittles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Skittles or M&M's. They were saying it's a, it's a beetle that gives it the red color. And I was like, oh, I'm still going to eat them though. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, again, when I was in like my 20s and early 30s, when people would say, what is that Campari like? And I used to say, it's like licking an ashtray. Now. Interesting. That my palate is matured. Yeah. I love it. Huh. I really love it. It's, it's, it's crazy how the, pal the palate matures, you yeah. know. Like if you talk to people that drink wine for the first time, all I taste is the alcohol. Yeah. But when you walk them through the steps of smell and how it's all connected, then it starts to change. And We're going to have to have you over one day to, to teach us about the tequilas. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, oh, that's just what I do. take it through. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll, we'll do like a little tasting thing and just go through. With Posh. To, to explain yeah. what, what, what you're, you're tasting. Mm-hmm. I definitely know that... Um, 
as I've gotten older, I'm turning into my grandmother because I'm liking licorice. So like when I like, I like to mm -hmm. absinthe. Yes, anise. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's and like it doesn't take cookies. much. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that. It's quick. It's efficient. Yeah, you're, you're you've got a, a buzz real fast from mm -hmm. very little. You would probably really like black sambuca and white sambuca. Probably. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, um, I'm not a huge, I, 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 everyone in my family drinks wine and I'm not, I've never been a huge wine person. Oh. It, it makes me sleepy. Well, we need to spend time together more yeah. and I need to walk you through because everybody has their, their varietal. Varietal is yeah. a fancy word for grape, right? Yeah. So everybody has their wine. My wine is Chardonnay. Yeah. I love Chardonnay. I love I like, it. I like white wine more than red, for right. sure. I love reds. Yeah. I'm going to do Amarone. I prefer it Italy. I like Amarones, Nebbiolos. But as far as like my go-to is a nice glass of Chardonnay that's not really, really cold because it totally takes the character out. And also, friends don't let friends drink butter Chardonnay. Sorry. What's I say that. that. Mm. It's a it's, a it's a brand that has just skyrocketed to the top. For people that really don't like wine and all they want to taste is butter. You'll hear people mm. say, oh, butter, mmm, butter, because we all love butter. Yeah. Right? Donuts and croissants and biscuits. It's funny you say that because I had to learn <laughs> with, with, with Poch, with working with them, mm -hmm. I had to learn with, um, and it's not a paid advertisement or anything, it's just, it happens to be something we work with. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's one of those things where they were explaining to me after we did a video, they were like, it's a sipping tequila. So you only pour a little bit, mm -hmm. you sip on it, you, you, enjoy, you enjoy it. it. So in the video I was pouring and we're pouring like we're in college, we're pouring like, you know, cause it's yeah. for, for the, for the visual part of the video. It's yeah. this, it's this, you know, rush of, you know, of liquid and it's beautiful the way it, you know, the slow motion liquid bouncing around. And so we're thinking of it from that perspective. They're sure. thinking of it from it's, it's a sipping tequila. And the, the, the glass is just filling up. And we're just like, we're like, and so he's like, he's like, he's like, it's great. It's beautiful. It's just, it's, it's right. more of a sipping thing. And mm -hmm. this is more like, it's going to get you fucked up. And I was like, oh, that's not the point. Okay. Right. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I gotcha. And you'll okay. also notice when Let you me, drink it, it changes. Like yeah. if you drink it from a, like a, your tequila aficionados, if you will, they, they kind of turn a, a nose up to people who put uh, yeah. ice in tequila or chill their tequilas, yeah. you know, yeah. it does change the character of the tequila, yeah. like, like anything else. Right. But, yeah. um, that particular tequila is like really good. It's like room have or to, cold. We're going like to we're gonna have to work together on the, on the visual versus the reality. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you want that big ice cube dropping in with the beautiful yeah. splash of liquid. And no, it's maybe not what you're supposed to do, but it's pretty. Right. It's beautiful. People are going to like that, that look. And yeah. it was just funny because he was like, it's going to get you fucked up. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and there was a little bit of a sigh, like a pause. And I was like, that's, you're right. That's not what you want. And like, I was kind of like, yeah. ahead of it like going oh you're right you know it's this crazy is more of a, it's, it's that like, way with whiskey too it's the same yeah. kind of story you know and some people like little dabbles of water or whatever to t it calms the heat down like with whiskeys the whiskeys are all overproof they're hot and people want to say just give me a couple a couple drops of water yeah put puts a fire out a little bit so yeah compared to that always room. you know whiskey's another one like like, uh, like my brother likes whiskey a lot i i just can't <laughs> I can't. I can't get I into it. I thought you liked whiskey. I tried. I Didn't tried. you? I tried. No. No. I mean, I, I, I would often order it sometimes to force myself to like it <laughs> because I had nothing else. Oh, the night is still young. And I would just be like, you know, <laughs> this isn't good. This is right. not good. This is just, no. this is just burning kind of uh, oak barrel feel. Like it's not a, it's not a good, you know, versus an oak, like, like a kind of a 
like the tequila is a little more smooth and, and you can taste a little more. Right. But it also might be that I was drinking really cheap whiskey. Right. I don't know. Well, and too, the, you embracing the tequila is actually getting your palate kind of ready yeah. for, to embrace whiskeys because like a lot of tequilas do come from whiskey barrels, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And you got to remember the uh, bourbon houses or the whiskey houses, they have these barrels and pyramids and the yeah. ones on the bottom are, are richer in flavor. It's, it's just like how you would think that at the top, it's got more sunlight, it's lighter, medium, heavy, you know, so... It just depends. The, the thing, too, is that it's it's kind of one of those things where if you had a bad experience with something, you're off of it. Like, I'm off rum forever. What? I had one bad experience no. with rum. Like I said, we need time. And I, and I, and I, can't, I can't stomach the idea of tasting that banana boat flavor ever again. That's what so I'm saying. So as long as it's not flavored. Yeah. I've, I've found that I gravitate more towards. I'm not talking shit about banana boat. I'm not because I love bananas. Okay. Right. But you need to experience like diplomatical. Well, but that's what I mean. I, I found right. more real, mm -hmm. um, even pirate, like, you know, some rums that are just really tasty and you could tell it they were loved. Well, but more like more so like I've noticed my palate or, or my, my tastes, I prefer less, um, additives and less, less extra flavor. And I just give me the, the give it to me straight yeah. mm -hmm. without like the banana flavor or the green apple flavor or the, you know, vodka. Yeah. That's flavor. a different category. And that's no, also no, a recipe for, no, um, like it, uh, you know, hangovers and puke and, and yeah, yeah, and laying on the, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there. We've all been there where we, where we want to puke and then you want to lay down on the, and when you know, in that tile floor, that cold tile floor feels so good on your face. Yeah. yeah you don't want to drink to that point. You don't want to. <laughs> I've done that one time. One time in my this life, feels so good. To where I, I was exactly where yeah. I was where I was like like to where I was throwing up the next morning. Yeah, and that was it. It's not fun. That was it. I was and and I have never again because I I just stop. I just I'm like well I just have a bit and then I'm good. Like, yeah. I don't need to go that far. But that's how I feel about Brass Monkey. That and I can't have anything to and because I've been doing uh, the bar industry making cocktails uh, most of my entire adult life. Um, and you'll find this in a lot of your bartenders. Uh, we tend to veer away from too many. We, we're pure. We become you become purists. Yeah. So we tend to drink things straight. And you're more of like a mixologist, per yeah. se, than a than a bartender. Yeah. I mean, you you crafty, do, you, mixy. You've done things for our team. You've mm -hmm. done things with Elton John. Yep. You've done things with um, the Oscar party. You've mm -hmm. done things with SAG, LA County Fair, LA County Fair. You teach. You teach. What do you teach? Uh, I teach spirit classes, um, and not the uh, you know the ghost spirits. That's another subject, but the alcohol spirits, if yeah. you will, that's another word for uh, for alcohol spirits. So yeah, um, I sit on the board for LA County, and. Um, we get in a room where we check out of the world for almost three days and all we do is taste over 500 different profiles wow. of alcohol so how do you how do you cleanse your palate in between each one do you, is there something you do yes so there's each each table is given those thin white wine crackers yeah. I, I call them wine crackers and graver green olives that's it hmm. those are palate cleansing it helps with palate fatigue it's really really hard because um, right now, whiskeys are so into overproofing. Um, when it first launched, it was really like a lot to where 
my mouth literally was doing this. Mm-hmm. It was opening up, and I just, you know, I go, I can't taste anymore. I'm yeah. done. You're just you stripped the. Yeah, you could do a full um, extraction of my teeth, and I'd be like, "What are you doing? I don't feel anything because you can't, then you can't taste anymore." It just numbed you. Mm-hmm. I didn't and know you I score could do them. that. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to use back in the day. Yeah. White latinin. So, um, um, it's very difficult. And for some reason, I always got that table along with the gin table. And I don't know if you're familiar with gins, but gins do tend to be also overproofed. Hmm. You know, so. It was, but you do, you just taste and you spit and you have these buckets in the center and it's just, blah, 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 you know, over and over again, you take notes and you score, you know, um, 90s, 80s and 70s, just like A, B and C. So, you had this really funny rant about, well, it was my, one of the, my favorite comedians had a, this rant about gin hmm. and shaking versus stirring. And he was just like. You, it's an in and out <laughs> martini. You, you you stir it in, you throw it out, you put it back, you know, all these right. things. And he had this rant. <laughs> yeah. and he was like, you know, when you shake it, you bruise the, the alcohol. And he was, right. he had, it was like 30 minutes of like, just, right. this is, you don't, you know. Right. And bruising is a fancy word. Not really that fancy, but it just means you're diluting it with, with ice. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So here's, here's a, a, a helpful hint for any future bartender or home, home bartenders out there. When it, if you want to shake or stir, if it's with any juices or citrus or anything, it's a shaken cocktail Yeah, a mix, a mixer, if yeah. you will. But if it's 100% spirit based, like your Manhattans and your, you know, um, Bouvardiers and your Vespers and your, you know, um, Negronis, these, these you want to stir. You yeah. want to stir these cocktails. However, unless you're 007. Right. Right, who said Schirkenholt stirred. It was right. because he had to be alert for any fuckery. So Interesting. Is yeah. that why? That's, that's interesting. That's why. He, so want, diluted. he wanted it to be diluted. Maybe I would like that. Maybe I like it a little less. A lot of people do. You know, a lot of people, like who, uh, a friend of mine um, who lives in Palm Springs, um, she says it's so funny because here in Palm Springs, everybody likes their martinis shaken, and it's because they want it diluted. It's 120 freaking degrees in Palm Springs, so they want to see icicles on their drink. They want everything ice, ice cold because they're on fire over there. Right. You know, so that makes sense. So that's the, that's the other thing with bartending is, even though you're reading something how it's supposed to be, right? That's fine. That's great. You have that knowledge. But you also want to go with, what are your guests? What do they want? Right. And what's the overall average? What's your surroundings like? It's like, oh my God, they want me to shake a Manhattan. I am not shaking a Manhattan. Yes, you are. <laughs> if your guest, yeah, if your guest asks you, I want my Manhattan shaken. You don't make a face. You smile, and you yeah. do it. Well, that's the thing. It's you put like, your bartender it's, it's bullshit like this, on the shelf. Because I know enough bartenders to know they they um, they they judge secretly. I'm not going to sugar your rim. <laughs> yes, you are. If they want to sugar your because, and and this is what's happening a lot today, Jakey is it, it, today today's bartenders um, that they they're mistaking their job for being um, as if you're it's a privilege for you to be sitting with me as your bartender. Mm, okay. You know what I mean like yeah. I'm going to serve the cocktail the way it's supposed to be. I don't care what you think or feel. And that's like wait a minute. No. You're <laughs> you can't do that, man. Yeah. Like you can with some people like some people well, want be- your expertise, but a lot of people know exactly how they want their drink yeah. and you're living off your gratuities. 
well, that's that, what your life is from it's gratuities that's like going to a steakhouse and, and demanding you know that they eat it the way you want to cook it yeah and they, they do suggest well we suggest it medium or medium rare or whatever but if someone's I want like it well I want done it, it's like okay well fine you know it's, yeah it's and just know that it's going to take about 45 minutes. Here's your piece of beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. But yeah. you do it because they're paying, yeah. you know, they're paying for it. Yeah. But I always, I always remember that there was some, it was, it was, I think it was a meme or something like that, but it was people, you know, what bartenders think of people when they order drinks. And oh was, yeah. Was oh, list, I saw that. It was yes. a list of all of them and it was like an old fashioned, we get it. You think you're Don Draper, you know, shaken martini and we get it. You think you're James Bond. And I'm, right, I'm right, thinking, right. What can I order without sounding like a tool? Well, it's like, it's you know? kind of like when somebody wants to like correct somebody's grammar. Right. And that's how you have to treat bartending. It's like, I'm silently correcting you in my mind, right. but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to let you say at, where do you live at? Yeah. No, it's where do you live? And yeah. the answer is at. So, you know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> that was actually brought to my attention by a patron. Yeah, irregardless. Yeah, that's another it's one. It's not a word. <laughs> it's not a word. <laughs> it's, you know, just, but we've accepted it as, right? as being, okay, no, oh, okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know. I think ain't was that way, wasn't it? Like, ain't was never a word, and now it is actually oh, it's in the, word now. it's now in the dictionary. That's well past that. There's plenty of words in there now <laughs> that have been invented since then, so I think we're, we're, we're good. Yeah. But, um, yeah. no, I, I definitely, it's, it's a fascinating world and that's not the only thing that you're here to talk about that's but right it's it's such an interesting and ever-changing ever-evolving yeah. never stop i never ever 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 want to stop learning i also and there's trends and stuff that you have to keep up thousand percent like right now the trend is since there's overproofing now the trend is zero proofing zero proof uh alcohol and explain to someone who maybe doesn't know yeah, what so you've got these brands coming out, Damrak, Seedlip. You've got these, uh, you know, they even make a, 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 a alcohol-free wine called Free, F-R-E. But mm. it's it's a mock, basically mocktailing, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating a, a cocktail that has zero alcohol in it. And, um, you know, when it first launched, I kind of was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because it's like all it is is distilled water and you can flavor it. You can make your own distilled zero proof you know but there is a process and a beauty to it i'm i'm learning and you know um it's very popular right now is 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 people that want to look like they're keeping up with the with the party but they're they're not they're not yeah yeah that's me it's it's less fun though i will say it's for me it's i mean it is fun but at the same time it's just kind of like i don't know it's kind of (sighs) like Like working at Disneyland where you're just like, I should have never worked here because I really like the idea of Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is The reason like you I'm like it is because it's special because <laughs> yeah. you don't go very often when you're there every yeah. day. Yeah. Or living it. in Las Vegas, right. you know, it's like, right. damn. Right. The, it's over. Like that fantasy is over. Yeah. But everything still stays there. Right. Yeah. That's, that's always an interesting thing about like, and that's in Vegas in particular because- We've had opportunities to be there or be there more often or, or move there or live there. Mm. And it's always been like, a, ah, do I want to live there though? It's fun when you go because yeah. it's, it's fun and everything's lit up and open and it's, it's... Then you go to North Las Vegas where the real people live or Summerlin. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's quiet it's and normal. Whatever. Yeah. So it's one of those things where <clears throat> it, it wouldn't, the, the, the specialness of it would be gone in yeah. about a week. Same as living anywhere though. You know, yeah. If you have an amazing vacation spot that you love to go on, it's best not to live there. Yeah. You know, make it special. 
Yeah, but I love New York. You know, but it, well, things like that is one thing. But if you're like living in Hawaii, <clears throat> yeah, or living, my family you know, lived there. Yeah, it's it 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 definitely gets more normal. Mm-hmm. Then it just becomes well, this is just where I am, you know, yeah. and, and it's not a special. Anymore. I will say, I was I recently finally went to Hawaii. I went on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's my first Christmas without being with my family because of my I recently divorced, yeah. and after a twenty year marriage. And I have these customers, my regulars, who also became my friends, were like, Lisa, come with us. Just come. The prices were unbelievable. And they were. And I took Hawaiian Airlines. And, and, uh, and I've got to tell you, I wasn't, I wasn't wowed by Hawaii. It kind of looks like, you know, Oahu itself um, looks like Long Beach a little bit mixed with Laguna. Like oh, a lot. There's a cove that look a lot like Laguna. I'm at like, least oh. for me and, and, and at least... It, that's the that's the island that all the tourists go to. That, yeah. I mean, not, not to say that the other islands don't, because tourists go to all of them. But yeah. But that's the one that reminded me of like Vegas on the water. Yeah. And Maui and and um, the Big Island. The Big Island, but but Maui particularly, at least when I, I haven't been in like eight years. Yeah. Um, and I love Hawaii, but I know that it's gotten busier and more. They've developed a lot. Yeah, and they've it, they've they're kind of taking away some of the natural beauty of it. What's there. up with all the um, cog running around there? There's the wild roosters all over really? Hawaii. Yeah, how do they even get there? I have no idea, but they're stunning. I went hiking. Interesting. I didn't know. I that. went hiking, and I'm like, this island has a lot of wild cog. <laughs> but they're they're all, they're all everywhere. everywhere. Roosters. Everywhere. Interesting. Well, yeah. I know, I know, like the problem with like the wild boars and stuff, but I never knew that. Like, oh, I would have loved to run to a wild a boar. Chickens running around. It's weird. A ton of them. That's weird. Ah, uh, it's bizarre. Well, that's yeah. So anyway, even more so if you like that kind of jungle, you know, off the beaten track. I loved you know, it. That's why I'm gonna go to the Big Island next. Kauai, Kauai, and then there's there's the Kauai is the one I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember the there's other. A, there's a few others too. Yeah. There's, there's you know, but um, it's it's a like Oahu for me was more. We went to the Pearl Harbor thing. We saw, you know, we went to Waikiki. Waikiki is cool. It's yeah, neat. That's where I stayed. Waikiki, but, but it's it's kind of too busy to be relaxing for me. Yeah, and to me, it's very touristy shopping I mecca. Now. I don't like going to a luau and going to. I want to go, you know, into the jungle or go that's what or, I did. Drive around the coast and see different things. That's I the did that for me in our rented yeah. Jeep Gladiator. That's the best way to go top yeah, down yeah, yeah i got lost on my own because the girls that i went with i love them so much all they wanted to do because they had to work too the touristy stuff no 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 they wanted to veg out on the beach like because they I, I get it yeah, and i yeah. love that too like yeah. i'm like but they've been to hawaii before i've never been yeah, before yeah. my family lives on the north shore and you know because of covid you know i couldn't really visit them which was kind of a bummer but i saw my cousin's shop sea maids I'll never fa- forget um, at least the time I was on Waikiki, the only time I've been, because every other time I've been to Maui. Yeah. Um, I was swimming, and there was a turtle, a big That's turtle. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted big, to see a sea like this turtle, big. man. I mean, I was younger, so I, mean, I wasn't that small. I mean, I was about the same size I am now, so he was like this big. Oh. And he popped up, looked at me, blew some bubbles, and went back underwater. It was pretty cool. Oh, man. Um, and it was it's a beautiful island. It's just um, It's just too busy. Yeah. And I don't like being around all the tourists all the time. All the time. I, I don't want to, you know, 
I'm not like one of those people either that's like, you know, no, I want the, the authentic experience. And I, and yeah. all you should you know, shut up about it. Like, you know, right. it's, it's, I just want to hike. I just, I want to be somewhere where it's a little bit more laid back yeah. and relaxing. Turks and Caicos was like that for us. When yeah. We went, we went to Turks Ooh, and Caicos. Okay, I might do that. And it was, it's a Puerto Rico. You, know. you need a passport. It's a, it's a British island, technically. Really? It's, a, it's They have a bunch of them in the Caribbean still. See, I didn't know that. And you just, you bring your passport and it's, everyone speaks English, so it's pretty easy. Um, oh, nice. Anguilla, Turks and Caicos, but I didn't, I've never been to those other ones. I went to Turks and Caicos because I had a friend of mine who we were doing a business together at the time. Mm. And I went down to just visit and, and go on vacation. Yeah. We ended up getting an Airbnb that was at like a bed and breakfast kind of thing, but mm -hmm. it, was like, it was like a hotel, but it was like five rooms on the water. Yeah. And I mean, it was, I forget the name of it, but it was beautiful. It, the water was the color of like, like turquoise. It's unbelievable. Just clear water. Yeah. And Puerto Rico's like that in, in Vieques. Nothing mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. And mm -hmm. um, some amazing food. Yeah. Very, very easy culture. They're very relaxed and, and chill and very nice and, and, um, easy to get around the only thing it's it is british so they're like the 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 lanes are switched so i had to learn to drive on the left oh shit <laughs> so the second i pulled out i was wrong i was like fuck were the um steering wheels on the correct side like the ours? wrong side oh they're on the, the other side like not wrong british. side left side the british uh, way right side you mad right side so it was weird because it was yeah. and then but then by the first day i was used to it and then when i got back in my car i was like fuck i, gotta get back I know to <laughs> is it is it automatic Yes. Okay, good. And it was the same uh, brake and gas. Yeah. It was just that I was on the other side. So it was, it was, it was, it took a couple tries to get used I to. I fucked up. I would have but it was, I, I just would have been screwed I up. think they're used to it, but, yeah. but it My was, right foot now instead of the but left. very inexpensive. Oh. Very inexpensive. I mean, our rooms were, were like, like, and they were, these were, I mean, it was a brand new place. So yeah. it was almost like being on the Titanic when there's, you know, it's, brand Not new bed sheets, you know right. but i mean just it's brand new <laughs> yeah. you know so even if you're in third class it's nice yeah <laughs> so i don't know i don't know about the the huge mega beautiful you know suites and stuff that they had on different hotels but this one was just a basic nice you know it, it would be it's like a probably like a four star three star hotel but it was nice it was nice clean, clean. that's what, i don't yeah. care it just needs to be clean yeah there's all this clean yeah like i prefer places that have like hardwood or tile yeah as long as there's no, not a lot of like grungy carpet, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. And, but this was a beautiful place. This couple from Chicago had moved down there and, and, uh, started this bed and breakfast. I don't know how it's doing now because of COVID and everything, but, yeah. um, it was gorgeous. I will say we, we cause we stayed at the Halapuna and it was really nice like that. And, but every single bathroom at the Halapuna is a bidet. Interesting. I have to have one now. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Every home should be a bidet. Yeah. Like, then that toilet paper craze would have like totally been like not even an issue. Yeah. Right? yeah. It'd have just been like stay at home. You got your your bidet. Very you're European. Good. Yeah. yeah. You get the warmth. You get the warm seat. You get the the, the booty. You get the front. Yeah. And then you get the air. And then yeah. you get up. And you're like, that is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's. I think I think down there too was the same way. But I, I loved but, it. But it was just one of those places where it was just like every place that we tried was had good food. Everything yeah. was relaxed. The be we did the beach thing. We hung out. We chilled. Yep. You know, it was, you know, you kind of 
there's there's locals there that that you know are, are will show you around different things and it's like really really relaxing it's nice yeah. See, but like it, but because it's it's like it's like you're in a foreign country because you are you're technically when you get off the plane there's a picture of the queen it's a whole it's a whole thing like queen whole, elizabeth yeah it's a whole thing it's a different country yeah and you know there's a union jack on on the tarmac and everything it's it's different country but wow but at the same time it's not far enough if they were like all speaking french or they were all to where i would feel like i don't know if i can get around or if i don't know to where i would want someone like like if i was to go to japan i would want someone with me who spoke japanese so right i didn't feel like i'm just sure. like or you can use your google translator where the, where the hell am i right <laughs> traveling wise though I yeah felt, i felt fine to travel sure wherever yeah and for as much of a small island as it is, you know, to take, to get, I think it took about two hours to get across the whole thing. Wow. And, and we would go from one end to the other and yeah, try Puerto different Rico. restaurants and stuff. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. But I check it out. Very similar to Hawaii, but I felt like it was cheaper. And the Hawaiians right now are a little over, like, there's too many people going. It's a lot. And they're just like, Especially give right us a now. Mm-hmm. I was going to go the first week of May just to go But because again. it's so easy. You don't need it's, a passport. You don't need three, anything. You just hop on a plane. 47 yeah. right now. Yeah. 347 for a round trip ticket to Hawaii yeah. right now. It's crazy. Yeah. On Hawaiian but Airlines. No, I even found the last. Love that I, airline. I had been looking to go <clears throat> instead of the Turks and Caicos trip, which was for work. So it was one of those things where I was like, well, it's better to go here because I can, you know. It's, I can do some things there while I'm there as well and, and not feel like I'm just taking a week yeah. off. But we were looking at Hawaii too, but just, it was expensive. It's expensive. And it's a tourist trap. Yeah. It just is. And it's gotten much more touristy. Ugh. Yeah. And, no, and no, I'm, thank o- you. I'm okay with a bit, you know? A little bit t- here and there. It's fine. But when you can't get on a little train to go around the Dole Plantation because the Dole Plantation's not regulating the population that's going in there. Yeah. Um... I got a problem with that. Yeah. But I did go to the swap meet and I got some killer shit there. That's where you got to go. You got to yeah. go to the swap meet. I, I still have, I don't, I don't have it out here, but I used to have, I have, I had somewhere it's like a little like carved, like little tiki head thing. Yeah. Those are great. Little, like old man made. And it was like, it was cool. I mean, it's very touristy and very, yeah. I'm sure he makes like 20 of them a day, but like it was like, he made it though. And yeah. it was this really cool thing. And, and I, I have it and it's, it's a great place. a beautiful place culture and people and food and everything but yeah it's oahu especially and is is very it's just it's, it's just too touristy it's mm-hmm. like it's, it almost feels like they're turning it into disneyland yeah you know and that has a time and place but it does it looks like downtown disney sometimes you just want to go long beach i saw I up a winding long road beach. where yeah. there's nothing there and, yeah. and so you have to find somewhere else to do that yeah. Maui is a little bit better. I went to that blowhole thing where it blows through the... Like the geyser Yeah. Thing. I went and I saw that. That side was really cool. That beach over on that side, that was I really spooky. A lot of uh, uh, memorials set up for boogie boarders that have died on that beach. Yeah. Really? Oh, man. Tons of them. Interesting. That just get ripped because yeah. they, the currents come at you in both directions. And Oahu has the crazy tides, the North Shore yeah. and all that as well. It's, yeah. It's, it's pretty... It's a... It's a beautiful chain of islands, but it's they're all different. Yeah. But each, each island is so different. Yeah. And so if you don't like that one, you might like a different one. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and just, you know, it, you have to trial and error it. But Turks and Caicos was, was spectacular. Yeah. I'm I didn't gonna, have, I didn't have I'm one. I'm going to put that on my list, I didn't man. have one bad word about it, and it was cheap. Okay. I don't know about now, but it was at the time. Oh, it's going to be cheap. It was 150 a night before Shh. COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, there's some 
three thousand a night. No, thank you. Mega suites no. on the beach. I'm never it, gonna be in there. I, I, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, it'd be fun just to go one night, just to do that. But I was like, that's so expensive that I couldn't even like. like I feel like I have to stay trip. there to like get my money's worth. Like, yeah, it was. I think one. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. I think it was one fifty or so a night for this Airbnb, and it was beautiful. Yeah, just want to sleep. Get up. Get up. They made us get breakfast out. every morning. Oh, I love that. It was one of those things where it was just, it was very... I like breakfast. ...homey and cool and, and you know, left you alone and yeah. really great. I'm a more I'm more of a breakfast person than a dinner person, so that's my style. I'm a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I really love breakfast. I was love just it. talking about this with someone where we were kind of like, you know, you're not a breakfast person. I was like, I am if it's a good breakfast. <laughs> if it's a good breakfast... I wake up breakfast, hungry. It's amazing. Yeah. If it's not, then I'm just going to have my shake and go. Yeah. You know, because I don't... I, I, I don't need it, but no. I will eat it. Yeah. If it's a, you know, I think that's going to be a little hashtag. I don't need I don't it, but I'll eat it. I'm just I have saying. no problem with, with You with can use that with food, food sex, anything. anything. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But I can eat dinner too. <laughs> Me too. Holy. When I was just at your bar, I was eating that, that whole dinner. I, I know. was like, that was good. Wasn't that good? Shit, that was good? Yeah. Yeah. It so, is um, an amazing restaurant. It's, yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's fantastic. So you were on vacation. You mm-hmm. were kind of getting away. Yeah. Um, why don't you take me back, though, to the beginning of your whole journey? Oh. So I'll, why don't you, because I, I know there's been a lot that's happened to you in a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, but why don't you tell me kind of where you, and tell everybody where you, you started from and, and kind of, yeah. Well. <clears throat> what made you you? What made me me? That's a good, that's, that's really like, that's, that's huge. So yeah, I mean, um, wow. What made me, me is a lot. So, you know, when I, 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 like I said, I was really um, lucky to be part of the generation that I'm a part of because in the seventies, it was really cool to be a kid. It was really good to be cool to be a little kid in the seventies. I had a mongoose. I had an evil Knievel mongoose that I used to ride around, um, without my top on and wearing my shorts and my my tennies and didn't give a crap and all we did was build hills to do um you know we used to ride our bikes off of them and jump off of them and um my brother was the king of that mike was i do have a brother and it's his birthday today oh Mm -hmm. happy birthday mike i know mike's mike's uh two years older than me and he's uh he was the daredevil in our family and he did every i mean he could have really been something he really he had um baseball scouts looking at him before the age of 13 because he was already throwing 80 to 90 mile per hour pitches where were you guys growing up in southern california la puente la puente california um my mother got a job when she was 15 years old she had lied to get this job um called kelmar and they were responsible she can name every you don't have one here on the table but she knows every little part of a squirt bottle like windex yeah, yeah. Every little thing that's inside there, her company made those. Okay. And and um, she worked the line and making all of that. And she was with that company for 45 years. Wow. Before it sold itself to Mexico. And they offered my mother basically everything that they could to get her to move down there because she was the talent that they needed, of course, to reignite that company in Mexico. And she said, hell no, I'm not leaving my family. Um, my mother is a very... Um, 
very outspoken, outgoing, funny, sweet, kind, guilt-ridden Puerto Rican woman. Guilt-ridden. <laughs> yeah. How come you don't come over? Is that a hallmark Fine. Of, the, of the Puerto Rican community? Oh my God, <laughs> everything is fine. You know, if you're, it's just, it's... Guilt the children. Guilt, guilt, guilt. You must go. <laughs> you have to do this. You ha- You must. And you know, and that's just a part of that generation, you know, if... Oh, you don't show up for them, but you know to show up for me is her attitude, you know. Yeah. And, you know, everything is very sacred when it comes to Puerto Rican cooking. When I say, Mom, I want to learn how to make arrozca candules. And she says, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And it takes, oh, it's, yeah, Mom, it's rice and saffron. And goes, no, 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 no. That's, there's all kinds of recipes. So when I went to my, um, <clears throat> was it, I, 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 I've always been a snooper. And I'm sorry, I just am. It's just who I am. I think it's my way of getting to know where I am or a situation or who you are or whatever. I'm a snooper. I'm putting a it snooper. Out. I snoop. You look around. Yeah, that's what I do. You sniff out. I something that's not right. I want to know what the fuck's going on. Okay. And I've noticed my grandfather. I went to use his bathroom, which I should never do. This is when he moved to Missouri. Um, and I looked at his desk, and he had all these index cards, this book of recipes. He had my fo- grandfather had seven children. So he had index cards in different ways to make arrozca candules because it was Priscilla's way, my mom's way, Ruthie's way, Cindy's way. So he knew what ways to kind of do this a little bit more, do that a little bit more. And they're all on these index cards. And uh, I think every family has those index cards. (laughs) The ones with the little little lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the secret, with the pencil. Mm -hmm. They drew that for some (laughs) reason they wrote the, the... yeah. Empanadas, pernil, all that stuff. So it's, everything's very sacred, you know. It's like, Mom, come on. So, but um, yeah, man, she worked there for a very, very long time. And um, we, we uh, lived in this uh, apartment complex off uh, Leverett. And um, oh my gosh, I'm glad I mentioned that. Because when I say that word, I get triggered. And I'm remembering um, being a little kid, my mom. Um, had friends over. She had a bunch, a bunch of friends over. And back in the 70s, this had to be maybe 1974, 75. Um, and I'm four years old. And my mom says, whatever you kids do, it was me, my brother Mike, my cousin Marcus, and my cousin Matthew. Whatever you kids do, you do not come out of this bedroom. I don't care what it is. And they gave us a Viewmaster. What's a Viewmaster? Viewmaster was this thing that was real popular with kids where you can go and you could click you can click, you get a plain white wall. Of slides. Sl- the, we call them view masters, like the right? Like slideshow looking And things. you also had the handheld ones that you can look through and click, 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 click. You put a little disc in it and you could click and it would go in circles and you'd look at pictures. I have one Jungle still from SeaWorld when I was in like, it was, right. like, it was like 1996 <laughs> because my brother was only, a, he was in a stroller. I think it came from Kodak, view and you could, you like, you yeah. put it through the sun and you can see the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we lived off those, and we yeah. would watch whole movies on these Viewmasters because there wasn't videotape back then. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. Right. So you would click and, oh, my God. And so my brothers and, and my cousins were just rambunctious. And I was the kid since I was little. I've always gotten thirsty. I always want to drink a water. I always want, you know. And I go, I got I to gotta know what's going on out there. I got to get a drink of water, even though Mom told me not to go out there. Mm. And I opened the door, and I saw that the living room was dark with this movie. They were doing a movie night. And uh, full-on old film reel, you know, with the, the film, the, yeah, yeah, with the film. I can hear it. The brrr, 
yeah. And it's showing on this. I'm not good with sound effects. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this, you know, white screen that pulled out. Yeah. And I'm crawling on all fours going to my mom, nice and slow. And I'm, I'm looking at the screen. I go up against the chair. Nobody sees me. I'm little. So I'm underneath this, like, armrest. And I'm looking at this movie that they're watching. And it's this white woman in the nighty, And these two men come and rob her. And they end up having sex. It was my first view of a porn oh film. And that was what was normal back then. They would have parties just just watching porn. Nobody did anything. They'd drink. They'd smoke. They'd hang out. It was just like a... That's what you did. Just adult thing. It was a... That was what adults did. Just like the Pussycat Theater. If you look up the history of the Pussycat Theater when it first launched... The biggest names in celebrity went to the grand opening for Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. It was what you did. And you went home and you banged your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Like, you didn't do it there in public yet, right? But yeah, that that's came what, later. That came later in life, you know. But that's what you, it was like a, an in thing to do. It was like um, us going to a premiere. You right. know, it was just sophisticated sophisticated go out to dinner and let's go watch rated x films right exactly that's what you did before that they were considered smut right because it was an art form. once they became you know public and low class then it became "Eh, we don't do that anymore my mother i go i go mom what is that and i remember her jumping out of that chair and screaming and i never saw the lights turn on and a film reel just go snap and the quicker once they realized i was in the room and I got in trouble, but I was like, I'm thirsty. No wonder they don't want you to leave the room. <laughs> I was so thirsty. So you were thirsty and you wanted to. Yeah, I wanted water. And so, but I'll never forget that film. I'll never forget what I saw. And it, it does, it stays with you. And just like when I was little, when the last time my father, when he was alive and he died at 22 when, in 1972, I was two years old. But I remember it because I told my mom I thought I was dreaming when I was older and I told her the story of being up in the air and seeing furniture move around and being outside and seeing my dad walk away and he turned around and he said, you stay right there. Yeah. Your mom's going to get you. And my mom was just so taken back by that. And I said, and I also see myself like looking at a hippopotamus and there's gunfire and I'm thrown into your arms. And she, she just was so taken away by that because she said, you know, the hippopotamus was your dad always took you to Disneyland, mm. always. And that was the jungle ride. Mm-hmm. And your dad held you over the boat, acting like he was feeding you to the hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> but that stayed with me. I'm like barely turning two. And then he used to make us hide in the, my father used to um, make my mother go out on the street and stick her thumb out for hitchhiking and we'd all hide in the bushes. And he'd make my mom go, put her thumb out and then they'd pull over and then she goes, hold on, I gotta go get my kids or we'd just come running out of the bushes. She wouldn't even say that. We'd come running, my mom said we'd come running out of the bushes yeah. and get in the car. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Thought I was getting some hot Puerto Rican lady. Yeah. And the other thing was um, she was throwing out his drugs and he never hit my mother and said he was... Your dad was Puerto Rican too? No, my dad's German. So he was German. Mm-hmm. So you're half Puerto Rican, half German. Mm-hmm. Half honky. I'm half honky, half, half Hispanic. <laughs> speak have honky but yeah so my um my dad um and my mom they met very very young my mom had my brother when she was 15 going on 16 oh wow and she had me 18 going 18. on 19 and during that time it was no bueno 
Yeah. No, no bueno. In fact, my mom was went through a lot as a kid because you know she didn't know what she knows knows now. Um, later on in life, she answered an ad in the LA Times because it sounded familiar to her. Whatever, and I always wondered, like when my mom would read things, she would read things out loud, and then keep reading. Like that's how she read. And I remember one time I came home and she's talking and she says, Lisa, I'm writing this thing. How do you spell has? Mm-hmm. And I thought, Mom, it's H-A-S. Wait a minute, what is it? And I knew something was wrong. And, but I didn't, I didn't question it. I just was like, maybe she's just having a moment. You yeah. Know? And um, I understand now why maybe my mom's attention turned to a, a boy so young because she was struggling in school. And they also put her in classes where it was with Down syndrome kids. Oh. So my mom always... Pretty much to this day, kind of has PTSD with Down syndrome kids, because interesting. Back then, it was just different. Now she's better, but you know, to be this kid that they don't understand, that can't really read or spell, but they just kind of shoved everyone together, no matter what was wrong. Right. Whether they they whether didn't they know what it was. Disability, or whether you were physically disabled. What, or what's a lear- if you're a learning disability? They just shoved them you all have Down syndrome. Right. All anything. And I suppose that was a better step above what they did a couple of decades earlier, which was put you in an asylum. Yeah. Have but, you have you uh, put away? Yeah. So she answered some ad from UCLA was doing a test, and she was in this room with a bunch of people, and they gave my mom an assignment, and she, they paged her. Rachel Green, could you please come here, please? And she goes over to. She's like, we just sat down. We just I just answered one question, and the doctor looked at her, and, and they go, Rachel, and they gave her a couple of things, and he looked at her, she answered the question, he looked at her, and he says, Rachel. You are full-blown dyslexic. Oh. You are dyslexic to the core. Well, what's that? Yeah. He says, well, you see this instead of this. Yeah. You see that instead of this. Yeah. She goes, yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's how I read it. And he goes, yeah, you're dyslexic. <laughs> so now, how do they fix that? They, do they? There's ways and tricks that he taught her to, to look to, at things. To help. Mm-hmm. To, to her read certain words or this is how you, she, so she basically had to relearn certain alphabet you know the, the way it should thing. look the whole thing is it numbers and, and letters and numbers stuff? and letters yeah l and one and mm-hmm. yeah. all sorts of things and on top of it you know my mom's kind of hard of hearing from working in a factory for 45 years so that's how how uh it, it was it was tough on her so <laughs> Nosy. come on come on Let's over go. there he's so damn cute <laughs> he's been good the last few episodes, but he yeah, he, 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 he's today he's sticking his head up. Yeah, um, that's yeah. that's that's interesting. though dyslexia is quite the. It's it's not it's not like a. It's, I don't fully understand it. I just get it because my mom always yeah. struggled with. Is it hereditary or is it not? I don't I don't know. That's, just, I don't know if anybody else in my family is dyslexic. I yeah. I know that it, just my mom had this this issue. So. Um, Oh, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff, you know, every family has a, a story and a backup, a background. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the full story on all seven kids, but you know, it's, my mom is treated like the oldest in total. My grandmother had nine children. Um, but my mom is the rock of the family. Mm. Um, everybody turns to my mom and sometimes it could be kind of a good thing. And then yeah. she does put herself there in a way, but it's also a bad thing because, 
everybody else is kind of spread out. Let 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 my mom have it. Let let, let my let mom handle. Let her deal with it. She's like, damn it. So, but now at this age, I'm there for her, telling her mom, say no. Yeah, it's okay to say no. Like, yeah. do it. Um, not my circus. Not my circus. Not my monkeys, man. Yeah. Like, why why am I the only one doing this? So, yeah. that's her. So they inevitably they they separated. My dad passed away. He was actually killed um, that day. So so when he left, when then told me, when, when my mother said, "You have that memory." That was the day your father died because oh. she was throwing his drugs down the drain, and because he didn't hit her, he would throw the furniture around. And I remember being—I was probably in her arms—and mm. uh, so then. Um, because she was throwing all of his marijuana down the sink, he got mad and left the house. She says, oh, no, no, no. If you're leaving, you're taking your daughter with you. That's why she stuck mm-hmm. me outside. Mm-hmm. He got into a vehicle with three other guys um, out over on Valley Boulevard. Um, and um, he was in the back seat, I believe. And it, the windows were down. And back then, nobody wore seatbelts. Right. Nobody wore seatbelts. This is the generation of riding in the back of the truck. This is the generation of, you know... And so, um, um, when they ripped around the corner, they fishtailed and my father was ejected, um, from the seat and was crushed between two vehicles. And, um, he, everything was internal. Nothing was external as far as his injuries. Hmm. And he was 22 years old. Wow. Yeah. He was in the Marine Corps. He didn't pass uh, boot camp. I have letters from him writing to my mom. He hates it. He hates to be controlled or told what to do. He doesn't like that routine. And he kept AWOLing. Mm. And so um, they kicked him out. And this is like... In the 70s? No. This 60s? Is late, this, is, this is the heart of Vietnam. Oh, yeah. So back then you were considered a, d- a deserter. Yeah. But you know what? It's He's not a deserter. He didn't yeah. want to fucking be there. Yeah. He just didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be treated that way. And he didn't, it wasn't his jam. Yeah. You know, my dad wasn't that way, so... Um, I'll never know what he could have ever been, you know, but, um, it's a, it's a trip. And my brother has a different dad, um, who never came for him. So that was very traumatizing to Mike. Mike was also severely sexually abused and just abused in general. So he, he dove into uh, drugs and, um, deep into crack cocaine. That was when he was young. Mm. Yeah. At 13, he was still rocking baseball unbelievable baseball player fantastic skateboarder like pipeline we're talking flying in the air flipping around doing all kinds i mean he loved that he loved that stuff and um then he just started hanging around uh some gang members from the crips Mm -hmm. and my brother looks african-american he looks he looks black he looks like a black guy he's very dark he had a jerry curl he he looked like a black guy in fact growing up he would tell people that's not that's not that's not my sister because I look, <laughs> he backed me in a corner one day and he says, stop telling people you're my sister. I go, you told them I was your girlfriend. I'm your sister. He goes, he's all, they're not going to believe that I'm black. Like, you're not black. Crap, mom, mom, mom was never with a black guy. So what? He's been, he was telling everybody at school his dad was black. So was he Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican? Puerto, <laughs> Puerto Rican and Mexican. Oh, his he temp- just happened to be dark. He just was very, yeah, Mike's very dark. Yeah. To this day, he's very dark. That's funny. <laughs> In fact, when we, he would go to jail, they would friends. put him with the blacks. He yeah. got some good friends, so he was like, 
Yeah. He hung around the wrong people. I remember the first time he came home with the first stolen purse. He stole a purse. I'll never forget that. It was this cool jean purse. And he was so happy that he got away with it. And it was just bizarre. Yeah. You know? Um, Why do you think that was? Do you think it was just... I think everything that Mike did was um, because of the abuse that he received as a child. Now, mind you, my mother and I, my mother had no idea. My mother's a kid. My mother worked, quit school, worked, 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 yeah. worked. She worked at from 5.30 in the morning until 3 p.m. every day of our natural born lives as children. And so we were latchkey kids yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, most of the time, my grandmother watched us, but every now and then a friend would watch us and it would be either their sibling that would fuck with us or somebody else in the house that would fuck with us. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I remember one lady, her name was Julie and she, and I think this is why I have such a huge fetish for, um, not fetish, but I have a passion for, uh, I like watching 70s game shows. Hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. And it was because that's what... Like the gong show? And I loved the gong show. Tattletales, match game, um, blockers. And I just, I loved uh, to tell the truth, password. The password is... Like, I love that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And because that's where I would go to escape from the realities of what's going on in the house. And I loved The Price is Right and... I loved all that family family feud launch. Oh my God, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know why to stay. I still love them. And um, yeah, I remember, yeah, Julie had this like yardstick, man. It was metal and it made a noise when she was swinging it on my brother. I remember that. Hmm. I remember him because he was so out of control. Mike was so out of control. And it's because he was, he was, he was abused. My mother had no idea. We didn't talk about it back then. Yeah, no. You didn't talk about sexual abuse. You shove it down. Right. You know, he even messed a little bit with me and my, you know, all of us, all of us did because all of us were touched in that way from somebody's family member that was an outsider that took an opportunity to come in and abuse us. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mike was, uh, he was a handful for my mother. So he, you know, and he went to rehab, um, after being massively addicted to drugs and I'll skate over a lot of detail about what was going on but this that would that would be a podcast that would last about three days so let's not do that I will jump to when Mike was about let's see I was 12 13 so Mike would have been 14 15 and he went to a rehab in Brea and uh, it was a lockdown facility Mm. for for drug treatment for kids he he did Charter Oak and Wescovina and all of that and all those places helped my brother um, in fact, it's hard for these places to help kids because at the end of the day, it's up to the kid that want that wants to help. You know, and that's a that's a hard age to to Your come to terms not fully with something developed. And, yeah. and, and and develop. You know, it's it's different when you're an adult and you kind of can wrap your head around what yeah. happened and why and that kind of thing. But yeah, thirteen year old or fifteen year old or fourteen year old. Yeah, and it was it was the Brea. It was right here in Brea. It was a um a, a rehab and. Um, I can still, like, when I hear certain K-Rock music, I get triggered, and mm. I'll still smell the room. And I remember us being in this big circle, all these parents and family members of these troubled kids, including my brother, who was like, fuck this, fuck. Yeah. this bullshit, fucking shit, you know. 
And um, the door would open late, and there was um, Angie Dickinson. And Angie Dickinson was the biggest movie star in the 60s and 70s, early 80s. She did uh, Dress to Kill with Michael Caine, and she was policewoman. She was Pepper. She uh, was in Ocean's, the original Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a, her daughter, Nikki Bacharach, with Burt Bacharach, who has written some of the most amazing music in the world. That's what friends are for. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Right? And so my favorite is uh, this man. This man's in love with you. Anyway, um, he sat right next to me, and their daughter, Nikki Bacharach, was a patient there. And... We got to know Angie Dickinson really, really well. That chick was into astrology so hard, she turned me on to it. Mm. She was so super cool. She loved my brother. I'll never forget, there was like this opinion section or something that parents would talk about their kids. And Angie looks over at my brother, she says, I think Michael is so sexy, so handsome. He's gonna grow up to be a gorgeous man. And I thought that was bizarre. But it was cool at the same time. I know that was her way of complimenting him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, and, uh, Nikki was just, wow. And she, I learned, later on learned, uh, Angie Dickinson and my mom became friends and, um, uh, Burt Bacharach came around a few times. He was, he was busy, mm-hmm. you know, and he was constantly working. And at that time he got remarried to Carol Bear Sagers. They wrote Arthur for the movie Arthur and, um, the, the soundtrack anyway. Um, and, uh, that was during that time when Arthur was released. Um, and come to find out sadly that Nikki ended up taking her life and later on, and I'm sure that was very heartbreaking, but my brother did see in rehab. He saw shit that kids shouldn't see. His, his roommate ran through the, the glass window mm. full speed ahead. He he had to get out so bad. He ran through the glass window and of course didn't make it you know he rather watched him die like right there but that's a lot for a kid to see you know um so yeah my brother now is borderline schizophrenic from so much drug abuse um and eats at the brain and uh he has a hard time keeping his legs still when he sits and uh but i know he's got a inside there is this trapped kid still you know um I rarely talk to him. He um, has three beautiful children from three beautiful women. And I'm very close with his babies. They're my babies. Um, but uh, yeah, Mike is, um, what's crazy is he's so f- baked, but he's still very, very handsome. He's hmm. a good looking guy, man. He's, he's still got a thing with the ladies, so, but, he, but he's out there. But he um, developed this fetish. He was banned from 911. He was banned from uh, calling the FBI because he was constantly calling the FBI. You can get banned from calling the FBI yeah, and 911? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, so if he calls 911. It's a 5150 and, and list or something. Is it by a phone number or is it mm-hmm. by? Oh, okay. Well, they just automatically know and. They're kind of like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. They just hang up on you, or they don't even answer the call, or it's cut off. Well, See, they got the bug on me, sis. I'm what, like, what oh, if it my was, God. What if it was real that time? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, no. It's crazy. You know, he, cried wolf. Yeah, he's, he just, it's so weird, because all the drugs that Mike took, you think that he would take the drugs that make it stop, and he finally is. Okay. 
you think he would take the drugs to make it stop. It's crazy. You're you're big on on addiction and and you know getting that message to people. Yeah, big time. I've known that about you for a while. You've you've always been very, and I didn't know that's why. That must be why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, including food addiction, because yeah. <laughs> that that is an addiction. That's my vice is 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 food. That's what I turn to when um, I'm upset or sad. And I'm not blaming my mother at all because it was given to her as well. That's mm-hmm. what you did. Mm-hmm. If you got a grade that was amazing, let's go eat. If um, you were sad that day, it's all right, Mia, let's get in the car and go to Johnny Shrimp Boat. Um, it, where you get the double bagged fries yeah, no, because that. it's so greasy. You it's know. Friday. Let's it's go Friday. Out. Oh my God. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Or let's I couldn't. Go. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it starts becoming the like, sun's out. You're celebrating. <laughs> You get one whiff of Anything. that in and out and you think yeah. about that shake and yeah. you know, it's euphoria. Yeah. It's a euphoric feeling. And that is a drug, man. That's yeah. a drug. Food is a drug. Yeah. You know, it, it can be, it's, it's everything. It's all the elements. It's got the fat, it's got the sugar, it's got the, you know, and that's why everybody tries to fucking manipulate it with diets. You know, they try to, at the end of the day, you don't need to eliminate anything. You just got to watch the quantity and how the often. Quantity, how often don't eat more than you move. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Go sit on the treadmill for two hours. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I deserve it now. Yes, exactly. No, it's, it's a, it's, I, I, I relate to that because I, I definitely, you know, when I have nothing going on or nothing, or if, if I'm relaxing. Yeah. And we're like, let's get something good. You know, it's, it's that, it's easy to, to get in. And don't put me in front you. of, excuse me, don't put me in front of computer. Yeah. That's what I want to snack the most. It's the snacking. It's the chips, man. My favorite thing to do, which even when I think about it now, I'm like, <laughs> like a heroin addict. Like I like to, t- this is bizarre. I mean, not bizarre. It's pretty common. It's very infantile. Mm-hmm. I like to take chips and I put them on a paper plate mm-hmm. and I put a bunch of cheese all over it and I throw it in the microwave and zap it and let it melt. And I like when it gets like kind of hard. Oh like my God. Kid. It's the kid best. Nacho. That and um, there's that dip that my, my my grandma used to make that my mom makes it for like they make it like a Super Bowl. It's just sour cream and that bag of um, green onion. Oh yeah. Seasoning. It's like a it's like a really salty can, seasoning. Mm-hmm. And it's, we use and, it. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. The green onion. Mm-hmm. So good. The green one. Uh huh. That's when yeah. we always get. You take yeah. that little packet. Uh-huh. You put it in the pack of sour cream. Mm-hmm. Stir you it up. Around. You're done. Yeah, I can eat it with a spoon. <laughs> It's insane. Who created that? It's, it's, Who did but, that? But that mental, there's that mental, like, it's like a trigger. It, it kind of goes, it feeds the, the, anymore, the control. Anymore, anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's a very, yeah. If, if you were, you know, if, if I was to be like a, in a, like a, you know, a sad mood or mm-hmm. angry mood and I had that in front of me, I would just eat the whole thing. Oh, 150,000%. It's, it's a, it's now it's better addiction than like, yeah. you know, heroin. Yeah. Or cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. But but like <laughs> it but it does behave in that way like you're you kind of go to that yeah you know grab it and and so I I can relate to that for sure oh yeah absolutely now if you're just good with if you're happy with doing it or you're happy with, with eating it and that's one thing but when you when you feel like you're like why am I eating this yeah that's when you know there's a little bit of like a some kind of mental thing absolutely how did you get from we were just talking about you were in the area 13, 14 ish. You were in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. High school. 
that's that's a really great part of my life is junior high high school even elementary school i mean all of that was all of that's um really really epic um but i had really great i had a really great um elementary school um i went to yorbita first in um in la puente and this is a really great story um you know they have those big slides as a kid and it has a canopy and yeah. two stairs that go up and the monkey bars on it and there's that big fat slide in the front and you know i developed at an age where i um started wanted to do what the boys were doing where they started running up in the opposite direction rather than sliding down mm-hmm. and they yeah, successfully yeah, yeah. run up it yeah. i thought oh, that's cool you yeah. know and so my dumbass goes running up it and i slip and i landed right on my hoo-ha oh. as hard as you can imagine and i remember all i'm seeing is my head, like I see feet running towards me, the daycare teachers, and I'm lying in the sand like, oh my God. What just happened? And I couldn't close my legs. My legs stayed out like a butterfly. That's the only way it felt good. And my choncha was black and blue. And I'm laying on my Aunt Cindy's bed. And my mom, my, here's my mom, my aunt, my other aunt, all four of my aunts are right here all with their heads looking at my my choncha i don't know i don't see it do you see anything i don't know it looks okay to me i don't know hi what's going on and i'm like what are they doing and i'm just like why are they looking at me down there yeah and my grandmother walks in who always had a pot with her and a spoon she everybody got fed on plates she was always cooking (laughs) she would walk in there like this and she never ate from a plate. She always ate from like this. And she always had the spoon because everybody's, everybody's sitting down and eating. And grandma only had time to cook, and cook, and to cook, cook. eat, and then immediately start cleaning. Yeah. And so she goes, she looks at my choncha and she says, no, no, it's fine. It's still tight. She's good. And so later on in life, I asked my mom, what were you looking at? And she says, we were trying to see if you popped your cherry. There's no blood on there. She's fine. Just <laughs> she's eating a vena. She's on and you, so you'd fallen. You'd fallen on a slide. Yeah, I, I, my coochie like the, hit the perfect metal bearing. Point of the point part. The, no, the it's kind of, it was smooth. Yeah, the edge. The edge. Just yeah. ooh. Yeah. No, I've I fallen on that too. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had an ice pack on it. I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, that's the most action I ever got in my life. No, but yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was really great. And then um, this, Urbita was a really cool school because it was a school that had periods like junior high and high school. Okay. You had your nutrition class. You cycled around mm-hmm. different classes. Yes. And Never saw that before. Um, when I came more closer to Pomona, when I came to Pomona, it wasn't like that. It was one class. Yeah. That's one how time. elementary school is right? for the most part. <sighs> it was awful. I was like, I can't, my attention if you span. Don't, if you don't like the teacher, yeah, it's it for the year. Like you have one teacher for a year. That's, that's it. it. That's it. So you Mrs. Mrs. Macharnik, my fourth grade teacher, and that's when I came to Kingsley. Your reader was great, but when I went to Kingsley, it was different, a different scene altogether. Um, we would watch the Electric Company. It was a lot of movie watching in that class. Um, and then when we went to uh, Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray, I remember we had this um, math book in our desk. We never opened it. Mm-hmm. all year we, he was not a math teacher he loved reading he loved english he loved blubber he loved judy bloom he loved 
every, and none of us were our names. We were all nicknames. I was Cookie. I mean, we all had nicknames. Mm. Every kid had nicknames. And I was in the class, and I was sitting behind this boy um, that every little girl had a crush on, mm -hmm. and uh, including myself. But I never wanted to let him know. Can I wear your Can I wear your jacket, Jason? Can I, can I wear your jacket? And girls would do that all the time. He'd be like, Yeah, 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 yeah. And the girls would take turns. He looked like, um, you know, he was that average like. Uh, do you are you, do you watch TikTok? Do you know who Whitey is on TikTok? He's yeah. super yeah. popular. He's hot. He's he's singing all the yeah. '70s songs. Yeah. He looked a lot like like Whitey. That look with the blue blue green eyes and the brown hair and the, but uh, Jason's very tan. He's Hawaiian. Very tan, and uh, Hawaiian and Irish or some shit, and um, I instantly the cute kid in elementary oh, school that, that for some reason was cute but I hadn't gone through puberty. Fell <laughs> madly in love with this person. I was, I think, I want to say that that's the first time I felt love in my heart yeah. for a boy. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I love him so much, but I'll never tell him, and yeah. I'll never act on it. And so, in sixth grade. Because I, I was at home and I was writing this pretend love letter to him in sixth grade. And um, his nickname, by the way, in fifth grade was Star. And my b best friend, Cassandra, she was 10. Her nickname was 10. Um, and um, I wrote this love letter. She stayed the night at my house and she says, what is this? And I go, it's a love letter. It's a pretend love letter I wrote to Jason about. I could never give it to him. Never, never. She goes, Lisa, this letter is so good. You should, you should give it to him. Give it to him. And I go, I better not. I, she goes, just, we'll just erase your name on the end of it. He'll never know. Let's make him wonder. And she says, this is a really good, and she really did mean it. She thought that this letter was. She wasn't being a bitch. No. She, <laughs> this is great. Let's give it to him. No. She, Cassandra, He's going to love it. Cassandra, believe it or not, to Cassandra to this day. Cassandra's a bitch. <laughs> hey, she's my best friend. I don't believe. I don't believe that. I don't. She, <laughs> I've known. She's those girls. always had my back. I've known I'm those girls. You, those girls are. Come now. to find out later on, she did kiss him, and I'm like, mm. Cassandra kissed her because she was beautiful. Her name's Cassandra. <laughs> Give me a break. Cassandra. Yeah. yeah. And she might be cool. Yeah. But <laughs> she's stunning. For the purpose of the story, <laughs> she's so beautiful. Cassandra, you are. Wait, and she. <laughs> she talked me into giving you know what it is she knew that I really really had a soft spot for him and because um, I was you know I was very I was I was pretty I mean I was I was very athletic this kid has no interest in any of that he's I did what like, the boys did. She and I were the like only focused on sports. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit, he doesn't right? Give a shit about any of you. No, none of us. <laughs> and and uh, Cassandra and I were the only girls um, allowed in the boys club, and we had this tree, and we would smoke paper, and we thought we were the shit. And Bradley was in this branch, and Mark was in this branch, and smoke paper isn't like a euphemism. It's like you. We really did. We rolled up white paper and we smoked it, and we thought we were smoking cigarettes. We were mimicking cigarettes, right? And um. So then, uh, before that letter, I remember the bell ringing. This is really cool hmm. because this came to my mind and I thought, I got to tell you this part. I got to tell this part. Um, I was, I was a very athletic kid and I loved the monkey bars. We did cherry drops. I don't know if you know what a cherry drop is. Cherry drop is when a kid goes up to the hand, the push pull up bars mm -hmm. 
and instead of pull-ups you're putting your legs up like this like uh, you take your legs over the bar and yeah. you're hanging and you hang upside down and then you drop and you land on your feet or you land on your knees or you land on your tummy that's a cherry drop i think we call them suicides what do we call i think them? they they were called suicides later we called we them call cherry them, drops yeah, i think we, we got a little darker i had those down i'd land around on my feet and i would take the um jacket and I would tie it on the bar and I would do spin 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 so I loved spinning I loved hmm. we had this cool Tarzan rope thing where you would run 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 and all the kids would fly in the air our feet we were all flying in the air holding onto this rope none of us weren't touching the ground the thing would rise up and you had these kids dangling on these ropes swinging around this thing until it would finally kind of slow down and then it would kind of lower us down and we would go off it, yeah. it was the coolest until one kid uh, flew off and broke his arm and they got rid of that rope thing i loved that thing yeah um they slowly did that with everything everything man all the cool <laughs> shit man and just, so they, or or what happened was they replaced like the, the yeah what i always remember growing up was every time we when i would graduate when i graduated like sixth grade yeah they replaced all of the the old stuff and put in like a new new stuff amazing thing plastic was like, kind of i don't know fiberglass whatever it was yeah. but it was like really like at least the one that they did was really like like complex and cool and yeah. like had like you know walkways and it had like multiple layers and all these things the one we had before was like a slide yeah yeah and they took that away and, and put this huge thing in you'll break your face open you'll crack your head yeah, the open. one they put in yeah. was worse and yeah that it was tall it was like two layers two two you know stories and it was like all these crazy things but we were you know i graduated so like the younger kids got to enjoy it but today when you go into a kid's playground most of them have installed this ground that's almost buoyant i don't it's the rubber stuff right it's un, i go what a bunch of pansies when i when i was a kid it was it was either concrete or hard dirt we had we had sand <laughs> we had some underneath the cherry drop the pull up bar we had some. sand it was yeah. everything was sand that was the weird thing you freaking but then it was like, it was like it was like cat like like cats would go like like use it as a litter box yeah so that's why like, they stopped so they stopped using well that's sand. when the worm the ringworm was going around yeah, like crazy they stopped using that um and then they no, then they put in wood chips. Remember wood which chips? Was really we didn't a, have wood that chips. That was a very poor decision. Very poor. That, if you fall on that shit, it hurts. It hurts and it stinks. And you and you, you I don't so much mind that. I'm, I would you fall from like you know a, onto wood chips. Yeah. It's like they're in you, like they stick in your skin and they're all. And then after I think eventually they put in the rubber. Yeah, and you get splinters in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So, the the teachers on this particular day removed the tether balls. Tether balls used to hang like crazy on these poles. Yeah, we used to have those too. Right? And, um, Kids would run into them. Right. And so you had to go and ask for the tether ball and they would put it on. Yeah. So the, the bell rang and I don't know what it was in me. I ran full blast to that pole with no tether ball on it. And I jumped to the very, very top and I swung all the way down and landed. I was literally doing pole dancing before. I was doing what was now called Tinkerbell in the pole dancing world yeah. or whatever. And that was the first time I caught Jason's attention. He thought that I was the shit for doing that. He saw me do that. That was the first time I ever caught that guy's attention. Mm. I jumped on that pole, and I crawled up it, and then I swung. But when I first ran, you had to run full blast, and I got so high, I got air and landed on it and swung all the way down. I watched that boy run back and forth to try to capture air the way that I did until he perfected it and all the kids were doing that on these poles. I created this craze of swinging on the pole. It was really, really, really cool. I thought this is the first time I caught his attention. 
And um, I was also really good in baseball, like my brother. It just runs in our family, and and uh, I was a, I was a slugger. And um, uh, Mr. Clark put me on his team. Uh, he wanted me on the team, and um, he also put me on a wrestling team because I said I want to wrestle because I loved wrestling. And it was co-ed wrestling, and I remember all the kids, and I went up against Gary Clark, this big boy, and he came next to me, and we were wrestling, and um, he looked just like little Michael Jackson. He was so cute. And I threw him over my shoulder and landed, and he, everybody's like, whoa! I was picking up people and throwing them across. I threw the far, farthest shot put. Like, I held the record for throwing this shot put that out of all the boys, I threw this shot put like to the moon. Hmm. Like even, it, are you kidding me? And they wrote it down. They gave me this big ribbon and this trophy and they're taking pictures of it. It was, I threw this thing far. Um, <laughs> and um, came Jason's turn for me to wrestle, take Jason to the ground. And I never fell on my back so fast. Like he, I'm like, oh, you win. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, moving on to junior high school, I mean, we were just, I mean, junior high was the best. That's when Erotic City came out. Um, I did have a sixth grade teacher, by the way, from Oklahoma that uh, humiliated me in front of the classroom because he was a, a Marine Corps, hardcore um, Oklahoma dude mm -hmm. that when he would be angry, we had our desks lined up this way. And instead of coming around to talk to you, he would walk through us where the kids would move and he'd walk through like he was Godzilla or something yeah. and he did it all the time and overbearing overbearing he threw me in front of the classroom because I had lied about my math work and tore it up I got so mad that I got an F on it because I wasn't comprehending math mm -hmm. that's my whole point about I'm the no math Mrs. Maternick you know I'm sure she's long gone so I, I apologize my fourth grade teacher my fifth grade teacher but I was very good in English. I was very good in reading. I was very good writing, poetry, expression, all of that. Where um, my sixth grade teacher was very, very math oriented mm. and very disciplined with coloring. I learned every bone of the human body and I had to color everything up and down. Never this way. It had to be up and down, mm. up and down, up and down. And he even gave us all razor blades where that would never happen to me. <laughs> Fuck. He gave us freaking Zacto knives to sharpen our pencils. We did we get we we had those little like today there's would, razors in them. There's, there's razors in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little like pencil sharpeners. Yeah, have razors in them. Yeah, we have those. You did. You but made we didn't us, have like the ones that were open. They were like they were in the little machine. Oh no, these were razor blades. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, he used me as an example in front of a class. Um, he told he called me up to the front and because we were supposed to take the, nobody did good on this hardcore math it was an eight page math test hmm. none of us passed he was livid and especially with me because i i got so angry that i tore it up put it in the trash can and he made me go dig it out because as uh my good friend at the time still remained my good time uh, good friend rest in peace denise she um um told mr clark that I did that and he put me in front of the classroom and he made me tape all the math pieces back together again and said this is the student that tries to fool me like he used me as that example and I'm like he's got like yeah 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 don't fool me and he looks I'm I'm sitting there looking up I look up to he's got to have a win at some point in his yeah life. I go who told on me she goes I did I'm so sorry I was like yeah you know yeah um 
And I was actually the first student. This is a wacky generation of that generation. I was the first female. I think, I think I was the only female that got paddled in front of the classroom. The only used to paddle boys. Oh yeah. I, I, I want to say I was the only girl. Maybe, maybe Kathy was, but no, he took me in front of the classroom. He, this teacher built his own paddle. It was thick and had holes in it with a handle. Hmm. Um, he broke it on one of the students, but he hit him so hard. Like he was, this was that generation. I know my grandma broke it on my aunt. Yep. See, you just. She probably deserved it. She probably deserved it. I don't even know what I got paddled for. I can't even remember. I think it was that, that math thing. I'm not sure. I remember he was just on one that day. Um, he did to, to John and to Troy. He, he destroyed their, their rear derriers. They couldn't sit down. They yeah. had to fold their jacket up. And I remember being in an office. This would never happen today. It was with uh, my principal and my sixth grade teacher. And I knew I was going to get paddled. And I thought I was okay when they're trying to get into my brain. And they're talking about me. And the principal sit, sit, sat there as he watched my sixth grade teacher have me bend over and paddle my ass right in front yeah. of him. Looking back, that's fucking bizarre. And yeah. they didn't even tell my mom. You didn't need a permission slip back then. You just did it. I mean, I went to Catholic boys school, and they, there was a story about one of the priests that um, was older by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Bizarre. he used to take, like, if there was a guy, someone who had done something to someone else, like a, a student, or bullying someone or something, yeah. he took him in the middle of the quad and beat the crap out of him. Oh, my God. And this was, I mean, this was probably like the 60s, yeah. 70s, maybe. I mean, this was, and they were, they were, you know, 16 yeah. in the 60s. So this was a long time ago. But um, it was one of those things where it was just like, he used to do what? And it was like, yeah, yeah he would like, like, like smack the kid in, in, the, in, in, like in front of everyone nah. for, for bullying some kid or something. So it's like in the, you know, the heart's in the right place, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, but you don't, but, but, you don't, but, but I don't think you're smack to, a kid you're around. To beat the, yeah, beat the shit let's out of rethink this situation. <laughs> I don't know if it made him stop. I don't you know. think so. But yeah, but I mean, at least that situation, they were older. Yeah, it's weird thinking of like a kid. A kid. Think about it. I'm ten years like old. An eight year old kid. I'm a nine year old. That's yeah, bizarre. It's weird. Weird. It's it's just that era. And when I hear certain music, because music was my is still my life so like when i hear um anything lover boy everybody's working for the weekend or hit me with your best shot (laughs) all of that is my sixth grade like all of that is and great songs yeah yeah that was the year when roller skating was really hot roller disco roller disco and it was you know those are coming back um boogie wonderland ha you know, anything Bee Gees, anything Shadow Dancing. Kind of Motown, Motown Andy era. Gibb, the Bee Gees. Yeah. Um, a little bit of Motown, but mostly disco. Mostly disco. like uh, the, the Spinners, Whispers. Yeah, the um, um, Lakeside, GQ, Cher. Uh, take me home, <laughs> take me home. You know, all of that was there. Um, again, the kings of disco was the Bee Gees. So this was like the, this was the 80s, right? This, this is 70s. This 70s, is 70s going 70s. into 80s. 78, 79, 80. 77, 76 is when disco was hot. And, even, even and it the, still stayed hot. Even the early 80s. You make me feel. Like that's all, yeah. you know. The early 80s even looked I, like the 70s. It did. That's the, the early one, 80s, yeah. The one thing I always felt a little bit confused by because when you think of the 70s you think like that 70s show like yeah. 70s 70s like mm-hmm. 77 yeah 
but like 1970 was more like the 60s than it was the 70s. It was. It was the adjustment. Right. And then 1980 was more like the mm-hmm. 70s than it was the 80s. Because yeah. you think of the 80s, you think of all like the big hair and the I go-go's still get, and like the, the whole... I still like get in shock when I think... Duran Duran, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. like. But that wasn't until like a little bit later. When I think of Rocky, I was there in yeah. the movie theater when Rocky came out. That was 76. Yeah. And it's bizarre because to me it feels like the 80s. The but rest it wasn't. of them came. Through. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Well, Rocky 3, because Rocky 2 was like right after Rocky. Star Wars is that way. Star Wars always gets considered to Star be kind Wars of an 80s Star Wars was thing. my mom's first date with my stepdad, who's now my stepdad now. He took us to see Star Wars. But that's a 70s thing that yeah. always gets kind of lumped in with the 80s because more of them came out in the 80s. Right. Than, than, it's, it's crazy. And so you kind of, but even. Well, and Stallone's popularity really skyrocketed in the 80s. Yeah. Schwarzenegger too. Yeah. Just. All those people, the they, 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 they started in the 70s, yeah. but then they continued. And it's, yeah. it's like, like 85 was like 80s. Yeah. But 80 yeah. was more like the 70s. It's I loved Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my God. I had him all. I was always torn between him and John Travolta. And ugh, it was just like yum, yum, yum. And then, you know, I thought, oh, my God, I like Italian guys. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's you know. But um, and then came Rob Lowe. But um, <laughs> he just changed everything. But um, Robert Downey Jr. Was, was that was his big first era. And then he kind of went through his all. Let me tell you. I'll segue to that from that really quick. In 1992, 91, 92, um, I was at a King George V. It was in Santa Monica, and I went there for uh, St. Patrick's Day or New Year's, something like that. You went to King George V on Patrick's Day? Mm-hmm. And it was, um, uh, but it was, I can't remember if it was, because these Scottish, the bagpipers would come in there. I think it was it was a New Year's Eve party. Ugh. And they would, yeah. and I was like, and then the guys inside would no, go No, those nuts. are my ancestors. I hate that noise. <laughs> and it's I'm, noise. I'm sitting there. <laughs> it's just. I'm sitting. I bizarrely I, I, love I, them. I would like to know. I know. My grandma does too. I would love to know how, A, how they work. Yeah. Because they look like, I'm sure. There's we had still, a bagpipe play, there's player gotta be in my high school. There's something inside Andrew. them, obviously, that's like making the. It's the know, air in the. But, the but, but just the fact that it's in the bag, it looks it like. It controls a, the sound. I know. It's the worst sound. It's, and they have to blow through it. Earth. And control it with the buttons. And, um. But we're sitting at this bar on this bar table, and this man keeps nudging my back. And with my best friend Joe at the time, Joanne, and, and we're sitting there, and I'm just like, this guy, what the fuck? And I never turned around. And my, my girlfriend looks, and she looks at me, and she goes, don't turn around. The guy that's pumping you is Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and really? I, and I go, <laughs> shut up. Oh, my God. Hi. I go, hi. He goes, hey. Hey, girls. Hey, how's it going? I go, go it's going good. And then he just, he kept walking. He was so wired. He was with some bald, sweaty guy. He was, he was high as yeah. fuck. He was high. He was, his eyes were like two but nice coins. Yeah, he was so sweet. So, so sweet. He was like, hi, girls. Hi. And we only knew him from less than zero at that time. Mm-hmm. I, only I didn't realize and, how big, and, I didn't. And word science. I didn't yeah. realize how big he was. until like, I'd mm-hmm. seen him in a few things, but I, I, you know, I didn't. Really and I knew his dad, like his. I knew him dad, as, as you know. I, I know him as Iron Man, which is so funny. That's that's. I, now, when I was your age at that, the equivalent of your age at that time, he was not around. He wasn't even. It's when he, he started going through jumping his, his whole, through people's houses and sleeping in their kids' beds. And he was going through. It tough. Thank God he survived that. But he turned it around. He did. He turned really, it around. I always found because you know what that fucking 
that guy's a goddamn. He's so amazingly talented because he still worked. He never. He's so he never sharp brought and that, funny too. Never he's took so that witty. shit to the movie set. Like he once he, boom, just like Charlie Sheen. What's that camera turned on? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And it was like that was their professional escape. Yeah. I'm gonna be this person, that you're gonna just. I'm gonna wow you. Platoon's my favorite war film of all time. Mm-hmm. And I know Charlie Sheen fucked up. I get it. I have a soft spot for Charlie Sheen. I know addiction. Just like with Robert Downey Jr. I know what addiction is. I get it. Yeah. Fuck, man. When you're, when you're that high, I can't even describe it. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I found out about all that stuff later. Because I, 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 I didn't realize. People would always make a comment like, oh, no, he's, you know, he's it's good he's back. Or as yeah. good he's, you know, this is the kind of thing like. Yeah. Or it's it's great to see him, you know. Something I'm just you're just kind of like, huh? Yeah. And then you you go and you go, oh, oh my god. Yeah. You know, and but that's that's kind of that when you get famous young, mm-hmm. and you're and you're, you know, everyone wants to take your picture. Everyone yeah. wants to be. It's too know. much for it's too much for somebody it's not young. Good. It's too. I would never ever. Everybody wanted me to put my daughter in movies. He's one of the most Hell interesting no. people now. Yeah. To, to listen like interviews and stuff because yeah. he's just so you can tell he's just so grateful he survived he's so mm-hmm. you know just measured and like he, but he knows you know he must just have just so much experience of just just different you imagine all the shit he's seen yeah, and the things incredible. he knows it's incredible yeah so and when you especially start, when your life's falling apart in front of everyone right in front of you right in front of everyone and you're and you're the cause of it mm-hmm. or you're in it and, or you, and you know when them. you succeed, when yeah. people are successful, yeah. people love to see you crash and burn. Oh, yeah. So when people... Haters going to hate. Yeah. When people, you know, he was this heartthrob, big, you know, famous guy. Yeah. They love, and whether they admit it or not, they love to see that. Yeah. That, you know, collapse and just because it makes them feel better about themselves. Because they well, didn't also, do anything with their life, so they're happy to see you. Well, they're you know? also thinking it's an opportunity for them to get his parts. Well, that too, but I mean just the public. People love, yeah. they love watching yeah. people fall apart. Correct. That's what happened to Britney Spears. People, people if, they, if, if there wasn't an interest in seeing her going through a struggle, yeah. she wouldn't have had people following her around. That's right. Princess Diana, same thing. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, anyone else. People, when, when, when your life kind of starts to, and you're in the public, mm-hmm. and your life falls apart, yeah. people just, they can't get enough of it. No. They and it think. makes it worse, because yeah. then... Then there's more people trying to get at you, and then it makes it's like a it's like a circle that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. It's crazy. It's nuts. So for him to be able to come through that, yeah, is incredible. You know, it's incredible. Yeah, and he's very, very, very uh, small. He's a very short guy. Is he really? Yeah, he's he very always short. looked like Breath, moderate, breathtakingly handsome. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, I would, I, I'd, I'd marry him. I'd go out. I wouldn't kick him out of bed. I always say, you know, if you're short, every seat's Everything's first, easy access. Every, 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 every coach seat's <laughs> oh, first <shit>. class. <laughs> every, you know? It's, yeah. You want to be in coach and be 6'5", go ahead. You know, but, shit comes down. I can throw him over my shoulders and run. But I'm, yeah. a, I'm at 5'11", and I, and I, and sometimes. Is 5'11 really a height? I mean, come on. Are you, five, I'm 5'11". You're either 6 feet or 5'10". What's this 5'11 bullshit? I would say 6 feet. Jesus. If I think I could get away with 6 feet, I yeah. would get away with 6 you're feet. You're tall. I'm 5'11". Oh, wow. And it's a, it's a sucky height because it's like, it's like you're just there. You're I just right don't there. believe that height. You're right there. <laughs> you're right there. And you're just so close. Yeah. And I, and I had recently, I had, it, I had someone measure me again because I had, I had a different... It's I so had, bizarre. I have to have a tall man. I have to have a tall man. 
God. Whenever you go to the doctor, that's always different. Yeah. You're 5'10". You're six foot. You're, I'm like, what? Yeah. And I finally had it redone again recently and was like, okay, I'm, I'm barefoot. Yeah. You know, not wearing Timberlands <laughs> to get to the six foot mark. Yeah. You know. Are there, are there uh, lifts inside Timberlands? Right. Oh, shit. Just, they're just naturally... I'm they're wearing they're, lifts they're right like now. I got lifts on. They're, they're naturally no. maybe a, a, an inch or two taller. So you yeah, I'm 5'3", so. Put you over the edge. Yeah. Anybody's taller than me. But anyway. But I like over six feet. Being yeah. in a tight space like a plane. Yeah. I always think about that. I'm like, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I would, I would love to be 6'4". Yeah. Oh, yes. But I would hate it right now. Yeah. You know, when I'm in a plane. <laughs> or <laughs> right. a bus. Right. Or, or getting, in like, my, getting in my know, Prius. Yeah. You know, so it's small, small victories. But, but you sure are oof, six four. Yum yum. So back to what we were talking about before we kind of went off. Yeah, on, on Robert Downey Jr., which is a good topic. Right now. Um, yeah, music. Music triggers things. So when I went into junior high school, dance and music. Then it's now it's all about you know. Tell me about your high school. Oh my God, high school again. Dance, music. Um, I went to a predominantly black high school. It um. It was predominantly just of color, not just black. It was a lot of Latinos, and you know, here I am, this mixed child, um, who was raised because my father passed away when I was two years old. <clears throat> I was raised mostly from my Latin side. Yeah, man, I was food, the dancing, the celebrations, um, the de San Juan, all that stuff. I mean, Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans are proud, mm -hmm. you know, and um, when you even have a drop of it in your blood, it's like a mm -hmm. badge of honor, you know, because it's just, they're small and mighty, you know, yeah. and so um, um, it's a it's a big, big, big culture. So um, going into this high school, it was also the, still the linger, I used to trade, uh, by the way, I used to trade uh, Rob Lowe pictures for Duran Duran pictures in junior high. And so when I went to high school, I was a really hardcore Duran Duran fan. And I wore a hat, but I also was a Boy George fan, like no, nobody else. Yeah. I loved, I'll never forget when I first saw Boy George launch on television. It was like, what is this? This is before they, that, them, whatever. All that stuff, yeah. All of it. I didn't even know the, I didn't even know the word drag queen. So many of them, though, in the 80s were... That's what I don't get about the people complaining right. today. I'm like, you know, the, the kids, the, the Gen Z, the kids, yeah. they they dress weird. Did yeah. you did you look at what they wore in the 80s? Yeah, because Boy George was this Elizabeth Taylor yeah, boy, like, and he he looked like her, mm -hmm. and he had he had this voice that was angelic and. Karma Ooh, in time, you could have been so much more, and that was you know everybody wanted to dance like him, look like him. Especially the girls. The girls wanted that. And right. it was a, oh my God. He was, it's kind of like when people probably first saw my my David Bowie. David Bowie, when they first saw him do Ziggy Stardust. Because I remember looking at the albums like crazy in my uncle's room. Thinking, is that a man? Is that a woman? It was David Bowie as Ziggy Stardust. So that's what it was like with Boy George. It was uh, that, that era. So by the time I went into high school. By the way, the biggest song in eighth grade was... Uh, Erotic City from Prince, and we used to do this dance called Freak, and that's when kids would get together and kind of like interlace their legs and kind of like basically hump on each other, but it was to the beat of Freaking fucking till the dawn, oh, okay. making love to Terry Stone, Erotic City, can't you see, fuck's up, right, and we would do that, this dance, and of course fuck wasn't 
edited out of the song. It was played in junior high dance, and the teachers were more concerned about the kids humping on each other, and it was hilarious. I got best dressed in eighth grade along with a, a couple of the kids, and because it was, I was Miss Fashionista. I used to carry a, I used to wear vintage clothes and wear big baggy pants with suspenders and big jackets. I loved that look, and I dressed like I was a '40s gangster and. I was, made sure everything was right into a T when I'd go to school, and it was really cool. So when high school came, I was going through this kind of Boy George Duran Duran hip-hop infusion, and um, it was um, a very dancey. Music was huge, and uh, it was... Pomona High was something else. It was... Um, you know, it had it, it had its gangs, it had, but it mostly had just a bunch of, you know, horny teenagers trying to fight themselves. Um, <laughs> you know, we had, I mean, we had a smoking section. Kids can go and smoke cigarettes, you cloves. smoking section in uh, high school? Yeah, because there was no age limit back then. Oh, wow. The 18 and over didn't happen until way later. Interesting. So, yeah, we had, kids would go and have smokes. Yeah. We smoked cloves. Um, a lot of the emo kids, we didn't call them emo, we called them goth mm-hmm. back then, and they would go wear their creepers, and everybody looked like um, Robert, uh, what's his name, the lead singer of The Cure, they all looked like him, <laughs> and, and and it was a combination of cholos, cholas, gothic people in this smoking section. Um, that's where I first saw my first human tooth, because a big fight broke out, and the tooth landed like right in front of me from the root. Like it was perfect tooth. Um, And that's when I developed a crush. And Jason, the boy that I was madly with in elementary school, he and I were buddies, dancing buddies by this time. And um, I still secretly loved him. And um, I got a thrill instead of setting him up with girlfriends that I knew that were his type because that that made me happy. Uh, (laughs) And... um, uh, the kids were that hung that ring hanging out in the sp- uh, smoking section. There was this little chola group. Cholas are a slang for like um, usually Mexican uh, gangs. They've been around forever. Um, and you have cholos and cholas, and and you have everybody in Pomona had their sections. You had Cherryville. You had now South Side, North Side. But the, the black community had a lot more sections in Pomona. There's the islands, Sintown, the village, Ghost Town, Neckland. Um, these all represented gang areas. Uh, the islands sat between Laverne and um, Arrow Highway in the city of Pomona. Lovejoy, Manville, all that area was considered for the bloods, right? Mm. And so... Um, uh, nobody walked through there. That was a big thing. You don't walk through there. Whatever. It was like, oh, don't ever walk through there. You get your ass kicked. Um, but it also was a combination of, of, of uh, Pomona Northsiders. Um, and I went to high school with all these kids. So there was, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of fighting in the hallways. There was a lot of that. And then you had me, Miss Social Butterfly, and I ended up crushing on this kid who looked absolutely stunning to me. He was this hot, serious face Mexicano and he was a North Sider and I decided I wanted to be a Chola to get close to him and because um, 
a lot of the girls already knew me, knew my re reputation, because in junior high, I did get in a couple fights because I was, I, I didn't like seeing bigger kids pick on smaller kids. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like my friend Rachel. She was, um, she was an ass kicker. She literally was Madonna before Madonna was Madonna popular. Like she looked like Madonna. She had that attitude like Madonna. Like if she thought you were hot, she would walk right up to you and make out with you. Like she did that. Mm -hmm. That's what she did. And I remember reading that Madonna used to do that. I'm like, that's Rachel. Rachel, she did that all through school. She absolutely said any boy she wanted, she can have him. Like she was the shit. And, um, oh my God. And then you had another kid, Mary, and she was, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but it's all going to come together. Mary was, um, the only girl, she was like Carrie, the movie Carrie, mm -hmm. where every, all the mm -hmm. kids made fun of her because she was different. Mm -hmm. That was Mary. And when she walked across the stage, I remember people booing and throwing shit at her. And Rachel was just like, yeah, motherfuckers. Like, and you know, it's like she, we all didn't want her to feel that way, you right. know. I don't know why that had happened other than the fact that her mom was hotter than hell and she was giving action to the young guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Rachel, Rachel was a little ass kicker and everybody was afraid of her because she wasn't afraid to knock you down where you stood. Like that's what she did. So, but in high school, you know, it was, it was very, um, you had all these different people. And so when I decided to be a chola to get close to Gabriel, um, the girls didn't jump me in because they all knew that I could kick their asses mm -hmm. and I could. Um, and so we would ditch and, um, I learned how to ditch in seventh grade and didn't know what ditching was. And until Lisa, this my friend Lisa, I'll, I'll say her full name, Lisa Hutchinson, because she was a badass. She was incredible. I remember closing my locker, getting ready to go to class, and she's standing there. When I close the locker, I looked at her, she goes, Hey, hey, you want to ditch? What's that? Meet me here tomorrow and I'll show you how. Because you live right there, right? I go, Yeah, I'm going to show you. She, that girl taught me how to ditch, and that was the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. Because I thought, shit, man, I don't have to go to school. Oh, no. <laughs> so, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and we just did it to do it. And I just was like, this isn't right. Of course, I got my ass kicked. My mom found out. But in, junior, in high school, when um, I hung out and ditched a couple times for these parties, parties were really huge in the 80s. Teenage parties were really huge in the 80s. Teenage drinking, punk bands, funk DJs. I don't know how we put these parties together as teenage kids, but we did. We, we had parties that were unforgettable. Um, the best parties, never before, never since, have, has there been parties like this. A, a surge of parties with kegers. Yeah. And uh, we were kids. None of us were 21. Who the hell was buying all the alcohol? We, we couldn't figure this out, you know? I, when I talk about my friends when we got older, like, who the fuck bought all the boo-boos? We were always pumping the beer and drinking the beer. and Who bought all that shit, you know? And um, But it was always there. Cisco was real big. It was this malt liquor. It was Malt liquor was huge. Um, you had Cisco's and uh, old e English 800s. They called them eight balls. We had uh, Mickey's and all this, you know, this is what we drank. Mad Dog 2020, Night Train. This, these are the shit that kids got a hold of. Um, I know there was a liquor store in Pomona that didn't card anybody, and we did some of the kids bought their liquor there. To this day, they don't card. Um, but so I'm not saying their name. <laughs> um, but so um, I went to this cholo, cholo, my first cholo party, and the guy that I liked was never there. And I'm hanging around all these, and they called me. Um, they gave me a nickname, by the way. 
there's like puppet joker huh. right there's like you know jerry and there's um all these names for uh, uh toro onyx you know all this stuff i was happy they called me la happy <laughs> and um they never messed with me and I remember I had a Cholo boyfriend, his name was Santos, and it was lasted for about five minutes. It was the most horrific kiss I ever received in my life. And um, <laughs> I remember, you know, I went through that phase with them. It was harmless. It was, I was a Chola for three months. It was great. I hung out with them. I don't know what happened to any of those kids to this day. And then I just started hanging around more of the hip-hop group. Um, there, there was this kid named... Uh, Joe Arthur that ended up going berserk in the high school and beat up the proctors and beat up the teachers and beat up other students and I never saw none of us ever saw him again and I think that's what ignited our our principal to bring in a DJ at lunch hour oh, okay and what turned into like what's happening ended up turning into the almost unbelievable hip hop dancing that's smart though on the fighting went the the violence dropped to almost a zero it turned into dance-offs cha-cha-chas cabbage patch robocop troop the wop freddy krueger the crip the crip walk um um, um uh, what's that the moon that michael jackson moonwalk moonwalk pop lock, pop locking break dancing all of that was huge in my high school and I was a part of that you know I did all that type of dancing and we would hold our, our burgers or our burritos in our hands and we would run, went, went from walking over to be curious like why is this music playing we would run to that gymnasium and it was Tuesdays and Thursdays and we would just big circles and kids in the center doing all these moves and pop blocking and doing all this all this incredible stuff our our cheerleaders were badass like our cheerleaders just boom 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 and they'd go out there and oh, they would do the, they, the dancing was incredible and it was in in my in my school it was really really awesome and um i developed very um i went from this um kind of like this thick kind of bully Bullet, not not even bully. I was I was this um, tomboy. Mm-hmm. I went from being this tomboy to being very 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 sexy girl. Um, my body started shaping, and I had booty and legs, and I was looking good. And um, I remember walking into school, and uh, I was a freshman, and. Um, this big tall gorgeous very gorgeous black guy who was probably a junior we had these phone booths inside embedded in the walls in this high school and i just felt this man grab me and pulled me this boy grabbed me and pulled me into this locker room and he goes you're gonna meet me tomorrow he says you're fine (laughs) you look good and all i'm seeing is his face and he's like you're fine girl and he tells me his name and I'm looking at him, and he goes, I'm coming to get you. You're going to meet me right here tomorrow. We're not going to class tomorrow. You're going to my house. And I was like, I am? <laughs> you know? 
I was so scared. So most kids would be scared about getting their ass kicked the next day. I was scared <laughs> of meeting this boy who just decided to set his eyes on me, mm-hmm. right? And I ran so fast to my class, sat in my seat. Oh, I made it, thank God, I made it, okay. And I'm in my classroom and this boy flung that door open and I, was, and I was in the very back and he scanned the room and all the girls were like, oh, hi, Tony, hi, Tony, hi. He's like, what's up, what's up? And he looked dead at me and he goes, you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where's the teacher? Right, right. And I just went, oh. And he goes, you were supposed to meet me. Okay, I'll remember that. And nothing ever happened after that. He replaced me like that because there was another cute girl that walked by and she ended up going with him. That was him. probably what he did. He was like, oh, I'm going to replace you. You're going to regret this. He would take girls home. I don't know what he, I never knew what he did with those girls never knew but you know i and just who was this was he just a student or he was, was he a, a student okay he was a very very handsome very good looking but i mean to me he looked like a grown-ass man yeah because here i am 14 15 he looked like a 20 year old and yeah. he was clearly 16 but he was tall he was already a super huge kid but slender um but approached me very ike turner i thought <laughs> yeah just whoa yeah and um yeah so i just i ended up i don't know how it started but it did and i ended up having a very productive long affair with um the high school proctor Mm. in my high school and um it was and for people who don't know the proctors are like a guard proctors are school guards and they're like a police officer they're over 18 yeah and um i was 17. i had lost my virginity to um uh, my first love his name was i kind of skated over that it was dollar they called him dollar bill but his name was bill and he was a, a, a really really talented dancer um too much too young too soon yeah and uh uh, I gave up my virtue to him and I remember it not hurting and I thought that was bizarre but I think it was because of all the athletics I was doing and the stretching and the kicking and the this and that and it was it ended up being amazing and term, tumultuous and sad and everything and I loved him way too much and he was way too advanced for me and yeah. he had other plans in his life and to this day, though, we, we are friends. He's in my life here and there. Every now and then he'll message me a hello. And he's, he's doing very, very well. And he's, he's such a good person. I just, I just love him. Um, but um, he, uh, he was my first love. And I, th- I thought that, uh, I mean, ever since Jason, who I considered the first time I felt love for somebody, well, I, felt, I felt love for another person. Like, that wasn't a brother or sister. Right. It was a romantic love. So when I was able to unleash that with Bill, it was like, wow. So after that, went through that phase and I'm in high school now. And and well, not just, I was, I was in high school. I did lie to Bill about my age. I did tell him I was 18 and that was a whole other story where he discovered that I was not, and he was not happy about that. And I begged him and begged him, I love you. I love you. And he's like, you're the same age as my baby sister. Get out. (laughs) You know, but we ended up still staying together and he took me, you know, he, he broke my heart, of course. And. I did stupid things to get his attention and all of that. So, but you're a kid. Um, 
And so in high school, when I had developed this affair with the proctor, I want to say that that probably was, in fact, to this day, when I look back at it, it was the hottest, sexiest affair I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. He was 22. You know, I was 17. We, uh, we did it in the teacher's lounge a couple times. So illegal. He'd be in jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. News, television. Oh, yeah. You know. And to this day, I don't regret any of it. Any of it. It was, it was, he was amazing to me. And it was, it was, he, it wasn't like older guy, little girl. It was, you know, we weren't that far apart in age. And he really, he looked, he looked a lot like Joe Rogan. Like when I see Joe Rogan, okay. I see him. Yeah. Except this, proc- the proctor had long hair, um, kind of, fe- it was black. He did end up shaving it later on. He really looked a lot like Joe Rogan, but more Latino. Yeah. Um, great body. But, you know, I learned a lot with him in my little mini skirt and white boots because mini skirts and white boots were hot back then. It was jean, jean, jean skirts and white boots. That's what you did. Um, yeah, and then I ended up, you know, with a boyfriend. Um, I went on a couple of dates. This one, I went on a real date with this, this boy, Brian, sweetheart. He took me to go see Platoon when Platoon was released. I'll never forget that day. Um, I was the kid that always really wanted to see real films. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see cutesy. I wanted to see Bico and yeah. I wanted to see like real, you know, Angel Heart. And so that was, that was that era. And so I go, I, I really want you to take me to see Platoon. This was the first war movie that was so graphic. A lot of people thought that Deer Hunter was graphic. Deer Hunter was a specific subject of these boys going into Vietnam and, you know, but Platoon was like, you were there in Vietnam seeing what was happening. And um, when we went to see it, I'll never forget the rows that had trash bags over the seats. And I thought, gee, that's weird. Like, where are there, why are there trash bags over those, over those seats, you know? And Brian goes, I don't know. Oh, the movie started. The movie starts. And all of a sudden I hear, ah, ah. And men, grown men, were screaming, and I and I and I went, "Oh my God!" And I heard, "It's okay, Dad. Let's go. Let's go." And men were walking out of the theater. Vietnam veterans were in there seeing this film. Too, too, yeah, too real. The seats that were covered were because they puked on them. They threw up on them, and the the movie people, the ushers, were cleaning the seats in between the showings, and they would cover the smell with trash bags. Wow. Brian looked at, went into my ear and, and I'm looking at this scene. It was the scene where, where um, not Bonds, but it's the scene where Willem Dafoe is still alive and he's running and he's saying like, I'm still alive because Bonds had shot him. That scene is when everybody started, and there, uh, there was a lot like, there was a scene too where Johnny Depp and the, um, uh, they're taking the the Vietnamese people and they shoot that lady in front of the villagers. Like that's when every Vietnam vet that was in that movie theater lost their shit and walked out of that, that, that movie screaming. But when Willem Dafoe was running and I held my hand over my face and I'm just crying and my date, he's just, he can't stop looking at me. And he goes, Lisa, do you want to leave? And I went, hell no. 
I go, this, we cannot leave this. This, we have to be a part of this. Like this is, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, just Charlie Sheen's narrating and when they did um, the Smokey Robinson song and just everything, you know, it's just, Platoon was my shit. It was my shit. And that's when I thought it was so cool when I read the book, Can't Hurt Me from David Goggins. He talks about that song and, when he was talking about Platoon I go I know exactly what he's talking about I know that's my movie that's my favorite film a war film and it's weird to say war because I hate war but I love the movies about them and you learn so much and um, but yeah I remember him saying do you want to leave and I go no way you sit we're staying we're staying we're seeing all of this I want to see all of this and so um, it it was a huge impact in my life was Platoon Um, so yeah and in high school, that's that's the affair between me and the, the proctor of that school pretty much fizzled out. Um, it just, I, it was no harm, no foul. I wasn't in love with him. It was a lot of fun. When school was over, school was over, and I went on with my life. I ended up going to Mount Sac. Um, I was involved with this boy. Um, I'll just say his nickname because it was Piggy. And uh, he looked like a, um, he was a, a, a half- half uh they they tell him that he's half black and half mexican i don't know how true that is mm-hmm. he was adopted um i'm sure that he's, he probably has black in him i don't necessarily think it's half a fifth maybe like, like me i mean i got i'm puerto rican yeah. so it's in my blood you know but the tiny amount yeah very dark very cute looked exactly like george michael at the time hmm. with longer hair great baseball player Okay. Really good baseball player. And um, we were we were very volatile. We were very sexual as well. And that's when I pretty much stopped with the proctor because I started dating Piggy. And we had a huge love affair of um, equal age. Like it wasn't me with a, a man. It was right. me. It was more, more normal. More normal. Every chance we got, we were screwing around. And the first time we did was at a at a party. Everybody threw a party, and he and I were at this party together. And we our eyes met, and we started making out. And one thing led to another, and yeah, we started doing it in one of the rooms. We went in the pool together and did it in the pool. We did it every part of this party. If we found an open area, we would go do it in this area. And we fell in love with each other. We were just inseparable. And everywhere we went was together, together. I remember being at a house party and we heard gunshots. They came to shoot up the party. Some opposite gang came to shoot up our party. And um, the, all, all the kids started running everywhere. And I can hear, where's my baby? Where's my baby? <laughs> he was coming to get me. And, and uh, yeah, sh- uh, drive-by shootings were really huge. Hmm. You know, this was around the time when Colors was released with Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. And that changed the, 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 uh, the way you saw movies as far as um, trying to control it because it was gang-related. And it was very realistic, but it wasn't realistic. Right. Looking back, like, mm. um, But uh, it was the first film about... Uh, Crips and Bloods and a little bit touched a little bit on the Cholos but it was about uh, those two major rival gangs and drive-bys were were really big and uh, 
So was was he involved in that at all? He was he was involved in that. He um, so there was a real possibility you could get get you know involved in that, involved, like get yeah. shot. Oh my god! Right, right. But he turned me on because it was that risk. It was like that. It was like that scene with Lorraine Braco in Goodfellas when Ray Liotta hands her that gun from beating the guy's ass across the street for trying to grab on her. That's how I felt with Piggy. I thought, shit, he's hot. <laughs> how long did this last 17 to 19 okay almost 19 and this was like part of college 16 late 16 17 uh, no this was high school this was going high school. into going but college. now mind you we broke up made up broke up made up and okay. i remember when i first broke his heart when i first broke his heart it was like the end of the world looking back i think that he suffers from like either manic or bipolar or definitely emotional issues. Mm -hmm. He did was severely broken hearted. It was like the end of the world. His mother came after me. She would try to come after me with a shotgun because I broke her son's heart and right. his sister tried to come after me. His sister was absolutely evil, mean, nasty person. Hmm. Um, but he loved me. Why do you think that was? Was it just was it jealousy or was it? I was white. Okay. They don't care kind that I was. Of. They don't care that I was Puerto Rican. She don't look Puerto Rican. Uh huh. That's what she said. She don't look Puerto Rican. She look white. And they. And that was it. That was it. And I thought, woman, I don't care how big you are. I will knock your. I didn't, you know, but I didn't give her that energy because I thought I've got to be nice it's to this girl. It's only gonna make it worse. It's only gonna. I got to be nice to her when I can because she doesn't know my background. Right. I, I love taking down big women like that. Yeah. I loved it. I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> so, but out of respect for my man, I was like, oh, I got to kiss her ass. But um, I ended up running into her later on in life, but because uh, of a boyfriend that I had who was, ended up being my first psycho boyfriend who did a lot of crazy shit to me. Um, the first uh, abusive uh, Piggy was abusive, in fact, um, and it was because he couldn't control me. Mm. And when we were in, we would go drinking Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Hill was this wine that was very popular in my generation, where we would go and we'd drink it in the park and get polluted. And for some reason, I was leaving, and Piggy didn't want me to leave. And he was like, you ain't leaving. And I said, I am leaving, because we got into some type of fight. And I remember just saying something to him, and I took off. And all of a sudden, I felt him grab me and throw me to the ground. Um, and we were at this park, and I, we were with his friends. They all went to disperse. I didn't want to go. I went to leave. He, I don't remember why he was trying to make me go back. We got into a fight, and that was the first time I ever felt him grab me and push me to the ground. Oh. And I, I remember just an automatic defense comes right up at me and I turned around and I was like, Oh, you want to fight? Yeah. And so I turned around and we both, we were fighting like, like two guys. Yeah. But I mean, swinging and pushing and grabbing, but he, he did overpower me, throw me to the ground, hit me. I, I hit the ground so hard without even knowing it. It just automatically came out of me. Help me. Mm -hmm. I screamed, help me so loud. Because I realized, yeah, he's strong mm -hmm. and he's got me on the ground. 
beating me. Mm-hmm. And the cops came and I was trying to, I remembered while he's beating me, the bag that I had, um, tasers were really popular back then. Hmm. Every, like if you got it, they were getting popular. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they weren't popular. They were popular under. They like, were getting like, Yeah, my like, girlfriend of mine got a hold of this thing called a taser. And she said, you should carry it, Lisa, when you go out with this guy and with the places you guys go and. Put it in your purse. Yeah. And, just, your bag or, and I was like, oh, oh, I'll hold on to it. Sure. You know, all you do is click on it and hold on to him. Right. And, and I remember I grabbed my bag as he's, as we're fighting and I got the taser out to tase him mm-hmm. and the cops pulled over, pulled us and he instantly got off me. Yeah. And, um, the police officer, are you all right? And I said. Take me home, please take me home, you know. And I see him looking like, you better not fucking say shit. Like, I'll fucking come get you, you know. I said, just take me home. She says, what is this? I said, it's a taser. And she's holding the click, 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 click. And she's like, what does this do? This is before cops had tasers. Oh, wow. <laughs> they didn't even, she didn't know what it was. She was clicking it. She goes, well, listen, here, she gave it right back to me. It's like, thank you. It's my friend. She gave it to me. And they're all, you'll be all right. And you need to stop going out with boys like that. Gave me the whole speech. Yeah. And I went home. Didn't listen. Didn't listen. Yeah. I ended up, of course, going back with him and having, screwing around. And it was all hormones and learning and sex and music. And in fact, I can't hear Keith Sweat's um, uh, right in the wrong way. There's a right in the wrong way to love somebody. Like that was our our jam when we were screwing in the room, <laughs> you know. And we did that whole Keith Sweat album. That was the biggest album. I wanna, I want that baby. Like that was the biggest album during this time. Yeah. Um, and so was Rumors. Look at all these rumors coming in every day, right? So. These these were these were the jams and um, and uh, yeah he ended up getting involved with something with this kid in the neighborhood um, that a lot of people a lot of men this this kid who I won't I won't say his name uh, he was so he he's another kid that was really really good looking and screwed around with a lot of girls and uh, a lot of these girls had boyfriends and this kid didn't care. He was, he, he looked like Errol Flynn. I mean, he was, wow. Cuban, good looking. His brother hung around my boyfriend's group of people. Okay. But, um, I'm going to call him Al. And Al, his little brother hung around my group of people. And Al was older than me. He did. He looked like, looking back, I think about him, Errol Flynn. And on the corner of San Bernardino and Indian Hill Boulevard in the city of Pomona, he, he pulled over at a stoplight. And somebody behind him very calmly got out of their vehicle and aimed their gun at him and shot him in the head in that intersection oh and got back in their car and drove away. But what the thing is, is that Al, the, the, the bullet went through his head, on the, it went through, it grazed and he got out of the car and grabbed his gun that was placed underneath his seat. Everybody had a gun. Got, grabbed the gun underneath his seat and just started shooting. And people like grabbed him like, you're, you're delirious. While he's bleeding from his head. and was like, disoriented. 
and uh, took him to the hospital. Word got out that Al got shot, and uh, Piggy was already screwing around with a girl down the street that was also Al's girlfriend. That's how that connection happened. Yeah. And that's when I was at the house, and I knew that he was screwing this girl around the corner. Um, and got around that Al was shot. Every, the whole town was in an uproar. And uh, there was this big-time local drug dealer that was, everybody knew him, and he had this big white S, big lifted Bronco. He drove around. Everybody knew him. Everybody bought drugs off of him. But he, uh, he, was, he had a lot of influence, and he started driving around looking for whoever shot Al. Um, I remember um, me trying to figure out where Piggy was, and I went to walk into this girl's house. I'll call her Mary. And she was... I walked to her house and there was Piggy's car and I was like, okay. I put my hair in a ponytail, took my earrings off and I crawled into that car and I laid on my back and I waited. And as I waited, I saw that big white Bronco drive by the car and I thought, fuck, I'm going to get shot in this car. Um, Because I had witnessed Piggy with his friends carry guns to go shoot up Al's house for reasons I don't know to me. And um, Piggy had a sawed-off gun in his pants. And um, they did. They shot up his parents' home. And um, nobody got hurt. They were just making a a statement. And I had laid down in this car, and I was waiting, and I waited, and here comes Piggy with Mary, and they're walking like, and he he look he his eyes glaze into the vehicle and he sees me and he goes oh no, I see the look and she's ah, she said something something in reference to me or something something about them, all I saw was red. I crawled out of the car, and I said something like you you think you know bitch or something and I cold cocked her in the face, she went spinning ah, and she's oh my. And then she comes at me again, and I hit her again, and I hit her again. And Piggy grabs me, and he's like, Lisa, please stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying, he picks me up, and he's carrying me away. And I'm all, yeah, fucking bitch. Meanwhile, you know, I mean, I'm being stupid. You lost it. I lost it. So this is the first time I dropped my basket. <laughs> so he's carrying me away, and he says, we, we, we'll talk. I'll go home with you. I said, you better, you better go with home with me. You better take me home. I said, you're not talking to her anymore. This is over. This is over. Okay. All right. Fine. I said, let's go. He goes, let's go. Okay. We go walk into the car and he doesn't walk in the car. He ends up going and he runs into her house. And I lost my mind. That's why whenever I hear that song from Carrie Underwood, when she talks about before he cheats. I'm in a man, lights, carve my name into his leather seat. I did that very, I, I just went, I turned around in the car <laughs> and it was his mother's car. It was a Magnum. It was a black Magnum. I, I don't know who made Magnums, but it was this big black car. It was called a Magnum. And I had taken whatever I could find in this vehicle and threw it out of the vehicle, including a big white can of Aquanet, and I threw it at the window, front window of the house, of, of Mary's house. I carved whatever I could find. There was something where I ended up cutting into the seats. 
I broke all the tail lights, cracked the windshields. Meanwhile, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, and all of a sudden you see these neighbors just running out in their nightgowns. Yeah, this is at night. This is at night. And this woman, like, please, please stop. Please stop. I know how you feel. I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. And I said, you don't know. You don't have any idea what I'm going through. And I went into the car and I let the emergency brake off and I just let the car go down the street. I was like, fuck him and fuck you and fuck you. Like, I was just... Lost it. I lost my mind. And it's from year... Why do you think you lost your mind? Because of all of... That was my first taste of the after effects of gaslighting and emotional abuse, of narcissistic emotional abuse. It was my first taste of what it was to be mentally abused by men. Not just Piggy. Bill, too. I mean, Bill didn't realize he was abusing me back then, but it was. It was still emotional abuse. Yeah. All of it was, you know... Um, the proctor, all the different people. Yeah, these men that were abusing were me. Yes, the proctor, the 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 sexual abuse from my brother, the sexual abuse from my 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 aunt's husband, um, um, and uh, it just all came. Out. Yes, yes, all. and when I say my aunt's husband, it is it was Bernie. You know, I could say that because I I have my aunts who have husbands who I love that are my uncles, but Bernie who had did that to me. Um, he didn't really do any, it was very, it could have been something awful. He'd opened my top and thank God my aunt came home and that was as far as it went. Um, so bizarre to me that that was just, I was, I was two years, no, four years old. I remember seeing my, my white flat chest. I remember I was wearing this little top and he had, oh, he'd wanted me to look for his wallet and it was actually his bulge in his pants. Oh God. And so when he got up to open my blouse. I remember my plain white chest. And I, all of a sudden I heard my aunt come home with groceries. He like, hurry up, get you. What are you doing? That's when you know you're doing something wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. What, what, what's wrong? Oh, and so God. I remember being on my big wheel. I had this big wheel. <sighs> and, I'm, and, I, and Bernie's washing dishes. And this is when we lived on the apartments on Leverett because we were neighbors. And I'm riding the big wheel in the house. And I... I go, Uncle Bernie. Because I was trying to normalize what happened to me. And I go, Uncle Bernie, remember when you made me find your wallet? Remember when you, remember when you, did, remember when you did that? And I just see him. And he calmly turns around and he goes, yes, I do. You want, you want to play that again sometime? Oh, my God. And I just, oh, oh. And I just, no. and I took my big wheel. I never went there again. How did you, 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 you felt like you knew it was wrong. Right, you instinctively knew it was not something not was wrong. Like, why is he doing this? This isn't his wallet. He's all you want to take my wallet out. No, I was like, oh, you know, I'll not, I'll never. That stayed with me for a very very long time. And when I so, so when it I, all came out, it all came out that day. So back to from from that as a child, right? It all came it out all, at that moment. Yes, because. You know, Piggy was really, really messing with my head because I had hurt him. I had hurt him by leaving him the first time going back to Bill. And so he made sure to really, really fuck with my head. And he did. You know, and he ended up screwing my best friend. Mm -hmm. And my best friend broke my heart. She screwed him. 
And um, this is when I, you know, God bless my mommy. My mommy is so incredibly smart, Tyler, because she, my mom hates card games. She hates them. And she says, because it's different when it's one-on-one, like you and I are playing cards. But when you start involving other people, that's when it's going to work, work its way up to being something sexual. And she said that that's what, that was what was really popular in her era. Hmm. Card games became swapping situations. And so, you know, sitting with Piggy and my best friend playing cards, I had no idea that something was brewing between them. And that's why when I see those situations, I'm reminded of that moment. Don't play cards. And my, my mom would say, watch her, watch them. Mom, that's my best friend. Peggy's not going to do anything with her. And she's like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. and she was right, you know, and she ended up uh, being pregnant by him. And your best friend. Yeah. Yep. And this wasn't the same girl that, that was, was this the same girl that was, that was when you were in the car and when you lost your shit? No, that was Mary. Okay. This is, we'll call her, um, so he, he, Darla. So he got two, Dartha. He got two girls pregnant. <laughs> he got two girls pregnant. Although I don't think Mary, cause later on I saw the, the, the baby that Mary had and that baby was as white as snow. <laughs> you don't think it was his? No, I don't think it was anybody's, but whoever she was screwing. Um, and, um, I was pregnant as well. So I had already had my, my first abortion with, with Bill. Um, I remember when I found out that I was pregnant and I was actually happy and Bill was not, I was scared and Bill's like, I'm not ready to be a father, you know, and he wasn't, and I wasn't ready to be a mother. I was a kid, stupid, you know, and, um, I had my first abortion and I thank God that during that time I mean I'm sorry that that this happened but it did and but I thank God that during this time it was safe and legal and medical was amazing and it's not like today where it's such like people's rights are being taken not back then it was and you were probably what 17 18 16 at that time 16 going on 17 with Bill not ready not ready at all um, so fast forward to 18 going on 19, I got pregnant by, by Piggy and, um, because he, at that time I believed he, he already got my best friend knocked up. He knocked up Mary. We'll call her Mary. <laughs> and I was too. And I remember just thinking, I'm not doing that. So I, I terminated that one as well. So. How did you feel? Awful. Like shit. Like I, like defeated. Dumb. Just, you know, how could I let this happen again? How stupid. How did he feel? Heartbroken. He expressed that. How he really felt, I don't know. I remember him saying to me, and I'll never forget it. We're in the, in the garage area of my parents' backyard, and I'm telling him for the first time. We're, and I, and I, and he says, I finally, he goes, I finally, what is it? Something like, we finally can finally have something bring us together. Like, and, 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 and like, and we're going to get rid of it. Like, 
and I got all this other bullshit going on. It was almost like he was having this moment of like, mm. I was screwing around with these other women because I was so crazy in love with you and doing these things and. What? Yeah. That's how he expressed himself. He made me believe that. That's the gaslighting. Yeah. He made me feel like. People overuse that sometimes. That's, that's yeah. what that is. When, I when, did this because I love yeah. you and you broke my heart. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the time, I'm thinking, oh, that's the guilt. That's what I mean earlier in the beginning of this whole thing when I talk about guilt, the guilt, the guilt that was instilled upon me to feel. Um, and I also, I'm not going to lie, there was a, a lot of relief. Yeah. So, because the shooting happened to Al's house and what happened to Al, and I dropped my basket, I went nuts, these police officers came. Mind you, I'm still screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm still yelling and ripping shit around. I'm still, I mean, I am, I am on fire. I'm just like, fuck it's yeah, red. fuck yeah, please, please. I remember this lady, please let me just talk to you. Please, please, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling. I know the heartbreak. You don't know how I feel. You don't know who that animal is in there. And all of a sudden police officers just come. Pew, 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 pew. And Mary's parents are all, they're going to get rest your ass now, you little bitch. And the cops come. The mother comes running out. Everybody comes running out from Mary's house to talk to the cops except Piggy. And I think Mary did too. But anyway. And the cops are going off. And I remember going, get our fucking. And the cop grabbed me. A male officer grabbed me by my blouse, lifted me up in the air, I went, <gasps> and he slammed me to the ground. And snap you out of it. All of a sudden, that thing that was going on in my head. Yeah. And I shook my head. Because he, he looked at me and goes, You shut the fuck up. Don't say another fucking word. What the hell am I doing? What is going on? I remember thinking that. What am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know where I was. I was like, I shook my head. I remember being kind of like these rose bushes and I was on this brick wall and I'm going, I got something. I gotta say something. I gotta say something. And I heard the mother going, yeah, you're gonna go to jail, you little bitch. And she did this and she did that. And I'm looking, I'm just seeing her mouth and I'm seeing the anger and I'm seeing her pointing at me and I'm seeing her mouth moving and I'm looking at her and I go, I got something to say. I got something to say. And the cop goes, I told you to shut the fuck up. I go, the man that's inside that house, the boy that's inside that house is responsible for shooting Al Diaz. He's responsible for shooting him. He's responsible. And the cop looks at me and goes, shut your mouth. He goes, miss, I need to talk to you. He takes the mother, takes her to the side. And I'm like, he did. I know he did. I saw the gun. I saw the gun. And, and, and um, all of a sudden, these plane cars pull up. And the guys in suits come and they get me. And they put me in the back of the car. And they take me away. And they took me to this questioning room. Like, just like in Law and Order with the mirror, the two-way mirror. They had brought donuts for me. They brought me treats. They brought me breakfast. We talked all night. I told him what was going on. I said, I don't know for sure if he's responsible, but I do know that he's responsible for this. This is what I saw. And I know in my, my mind, I thought, I'm doing this to protect me from going to jail. 
and I'm done with this motherfucker and I'm done with this bullshit. And I know that this is what this guy did. Mm -hmm. And so after all was said and done, they were like, okay, Lisa, we're going to go ahead and, you know, send you home. And I go, but what do I say? They're all, he's going to call you. You, you tell him we arrested you and that your parents came and picked you up. We'll, We'll go ahead and we'll take you home. Okay. So what's bizarre is I went home, went to my friend's house, and there was the next boyfriend, the psycho. This hot, he was in, he was in an Isuzu Amigo. It was this a little mini SUV, it was red. And he was half black, half white. And he had curly hair that went all the way down to the middle of his back. He was six foot five. His eyes were aqua green. He looked like Jason fucking Momoa, mm-hmm. but he was more had more afro. Side. Afro. Yeah. If Jason Momoa had black in him, yeah, built like that, looked like that, that same kind of look, goatee beard, stunning whitest teeth he ever saw, beautiful caramel skin. And I was wearing this little outfit after I went to go tell Sylvia what was going on. And there he was. And he goes, he said something about my ass. And I told him, why don't you kiss my ass? He goes, you want me to kiss your ass? I said, I sure do. And I get in the car and I go home. This is the next day after being questioned by the police, by the undercover cops or whatever, the the detectives. I get a phone call and I thought it was going to be Piggy. It ended up being, um, I'll call him Cyrus. And I picked it up and he's all hey princess and he always called me princess from that day on and we just like, what do you want how'd you get my number and so he's like i gave him your number girl and, I, and part of me was like he was so fine you know so i didn't it didn't bother me and it was a nice distraction from what was going on right and yeah so and then piggy ended up calling me and i said yeah i was in jail all night what'd you say i didn't say anything Oh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right. He said, you, you, went, you went crazy. I said, yeah, I know I went crazy. Right, so whatever, what have you. I ended up being questioned. I was working in a sandwich shop, and the detectives would come and visit me. They were building their case. And at the same time, I was dating Cyrus. And Cyrus was like the Ray Liotta character in um, Henry Hill when he first started dating Lorraine Braco. Um, I don't know if you ever saw Goodfellas, but there's a scene where he takes her out and he tips, he tips the doorman mm-hmm. and he gets in the best table. They, they put a table. This is what Cyrus did. So smooth. And- smooth. Cyrus always got me front row to everything. He got me um, any, anywhere I wanted to go, anything I wanted to do, he made sure I was in the front seat. Um, I, was, I remember I just... Was, I was so tan and I was wearing this beautiful miniskirt dress that was like African Indian style pattern. And I wore this like lime green blazer with it with high, high red heels. And I had my hair up and tasseled and here I am 19. Oof, hot, you know. And I remember us walking down Hollywood Boulevard because we went to this club called Hollywood Live, which is now where they film like I think Jimmy Kimmel or something there now. Well, that used to be a ginormous club and we used to go dancing there and stuff and I remember being just these men with head turners at me and 
Cyrus would pull at the back of my jacket and he'd say, look at her ass, you know, because he was just enamored with my ass in this dress. And I was like J-Lo in this dress. I, I was just like, bam, bitch, you know? And I was just, I had these red lips and green eyes and blonde hair and I was, and, and here I am with this dude. And this was the first time I ever drove. I remember the first time I got into his car. It was a 300 SX. It was a Nissan T-top. And he took the T-tops down, so it was like a convertible. Mm -hmm. And he drove fast. He drove so fast. It was the first time I've ever been in a car with a guy who drove like a race car driver. Just like a razor blade through lanes. And I'm like, you're, you're going so fast. He goes, show me your tits. He goes, I'll slow down when you show me your tits. You know, and I didn't. I was like, no, I'm not going to show you my tits. He's all, you're, you're going to end up showing me your tits, you know. So here I am being attracted again to this bad boy guy. Mm. And um, you think that was like just a, a pattern of something that you just were always drawn to? Danger, bad, attention, a guy trying to control me. Do you know why? Maybe me not having my real dad. Maybe me feeling desired because I wasn't... I'm not blaming my parents. My, yeah. my parents worked their fucking asses off to, yeah. okay, to pay the bills for me. But I didn't have the parents like these upper-class families have that made sure that Peggy Sue got into the university right. and made sure that Peggy Sue got... I didn't have that. Yeah. I had parents that were like, we're Figure not getting out. you a car. Figure it get out. a job. <laughs> Figure it out. You get a job. You walk to school. I walked to school every day. I didn't have parents that dropped me off. That's a joke. I never... I walked fucking everywhere. I walked from Ticino, from Pomona to Chino to go be with my friends and hang out. That's what we did. We went roller skating at Holiday Roller Rink in Montclair, where the El Pollo Loco is now in the sex shop that's there. It's so great. I love it. Anyway, that's another subject. There used to be a roller rink. It used to be called Holiday Roller Rink, and we lived there as kids. Our, our parents used to be able to drop us off on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. We'd get picked up at 1 a.m. Like, that's what we did with my goodie brush and my Sergio Valentes and my kissing potion lip gloss and skating backwards and being badass, you know? And so, you know, I don't, I, the only thing I can think of is that this was an, another excitement. I loved the power that Cyrus had. When he walked into a room, people respected him immediately because they were intimidated by him. He was huge. He was Momoa. He had these strapping shoulders and this, this, personality he had no problem he would um when we'd go to the fair when the la county fair he would drive into the employee lot sir what are you doing oh i'm so sorry my mom works here i have her keys she wanted me to drop off her keys and she works here very his mother wasn't at the fair like that but yeah. that's how we got in you know and he would he never paid for anything like he got me like he would tip somebody and it turned out what I ended up learning was he sold drugs. He sold crack cocaine. And I didn't know that. Mm. He didn't use it. He sold it. I remember him hiding a big bag of crack in a doll head of a doll that I was supposed to hold. And I thought, I can't do this. He's all, are you kidding me? He would make um, five, $6,000 in an hour. And he drove down Holt Boulevard and he would yell out, double up. 
And double up was when you would get two rock, two rocks for the price of one. And he told me, you see that hooker over there on hold? I go, yeah. He goes, that's a cop. Go, you don't know it's a cop. He goes, watch. And when we drove through the certain neighborhood on Holt Boulevard on the certain part of this avenue, the real hookers did come out. And the real hookers looked like bums. They they had no teeth. They were yeah. they were just dirt, dirty and tired and they were second dick for rock, you know. And I'm like, How could you do this? He's all come on, girl, what's gonna, what's gonna pay for dinner tonight? Or you know, like that's what we did. Right. But um, after dating him, he, um, he had a very, very, he was the first, he easily has an 11 inch penis. <laughs> that was when my doctor said no more doggy style because it was just, I would get chronic, uh, bladder infections. Interesting. Yes. So it was the first time. So I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. Like, I don't mind sharing that because. I don't know. Like, you've got people that are all about big dick, big dick, big dick. Big dick is great, but you know what? Big dick, it's really not that great because, you know. More problems. More problems. Our, our little bodies, our little pelvises, you know. I, I just, you know, I like just something just, just, you know, I don't mind being just this nice fit. I I, it doesn't need to be this, yeah. you know, because it really is not good for you. Apparently. <laughs> According to your doctor. You are not, you are not doing doggy style anymore. You understand? She, and she goes, you're in here every other week. And I'm like, I know, but I can't it's help like it. It's like an OBGYN or something? Yeah. I, she's like, you're not, you know, but sex was incredible with Cyrus. He was incredible with it. Um, and he was very individual. So he was very, he loved photographing and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And he was very, but he, and he, used that big dick and the reason why I do bring this up is he did he used that big dick to control me I remember being um going to go out with my friends to the mall and he goes you're not going anywhere with him I'm on the phone with him he goes you're not going anywhere I'm going to be there in five minutes I said I'm leaving I'll be back and I'm going to have a day with my friends he quickly pulled up in front of my house and he says oh hi hi to my friend says he was always charming hey how's it going how's it going in the bedroom right now okay he put me in the bedroom laid me on you're not going whipped that thing out and stuck it right inside me he says you're not going anywhere like <gasps> you know and he would pound the hell out of me and then he, he's like okay you can go then he's all but you make sure you're back by this time and i'm like god God, at least I'm like, it's fine. Like, he would do the, those things to me. It's kind of abusive in his own weird... He was erotic to him. Yeah. And it's kind of erotic when I talk about it, but it really wasn't. It was very controlling and abusive. It's different when it's a when it's a mutual game or yeah, something. Yes, like, of, I'm, you know, right. but I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, doing? <gasps> you know, and he's like, you're not fucking... And he made me just look at him. You're not fucking going anywhere, you know. I want to make sure, like, I'm going to do this to you so that I'm, I'm, I'm basically marking my spot. Right. So you know to behave. And so he did that. Whenever I didn't do anything that he said, I would, I would get it, you know. And he would, um, I remember this dress that I had on, the skirt that I had on, and I went to bend over to pick something up, and he, 
I mean, he grabbed the back of my head so fast, pulled my hair, pulled me right up, went right to my ear, and he says, don't you ever fucking bend over like that again. Um, and then when his parents, because I went to meet his parents, who were wacky, they left, and right when they left after that happened, he goes, I'm going to show you what happens like when you wear this type of dress, and he pounded me to death, like, like not friendly, like really hard, hmm. and... Yeah, it was crazy, you know, and um, it, I, I was controlled by this. Manipulated. And, yeah, bit. and I thought, okay, this is what feeling desired and wanted is, you know. So it seems like you've been chasing that that desire to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so you were going out and, and partying and, and... I was always with Cyrus. No matter where I was, I was with Cyrus. When did that end? When... He punched me in the face and cold cocked me in the face, and I had had enough. Um, how did you? How did you end something like that? How did you? you oh, just... and it's, it, it goes even deeper than that on how it ended because um, this one time I was just tired of him telling me what to do, and he left a message on my parents' a voicemail, and he said, "Princess, I know you think you're going out tonight, but you're not going anywhere, and I better you better not go anywhere, and you know what I mean. You better not go anywhere, princess. I swear to God." I'm going to be there in an hour. Fuck him. I got my dance pants on and I went, <laughs> dance pants. And I went to go to this club that was on Holt Boulevard. It was called Escapades. Mm. And it was a hip hop club. Um, what's his name? He's a comedian. Um, D.L. Hughley. Okay. He, was, he would do his comedy there. Um, a guy that I used to screw around with was a DJ there. Um, Dennis and he real quick I'll revert to that when I was at a house party and I saw Dennis he supplied the DJ equipment I was 18 years old and I thought who is that he was a beautiful African American light skinned male we had an amazing affair I'm telling you I had amazing (laughs) affairs with these amazing men but somehow Aaron slipped got in there and um um so anyway, um, um, I was at dancing at this place at, at uh, Escapades, and uh, I'm dancing to Everybody Dance Now. Oh, not that one. It was that song was out, but it was the other one. It was um, um, I've got the power. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, and I'm dancing. I got the power, and I'm dancing with my friends and the song's going and I'm like what it's like I'm looking at them and the bad jokes on me I'm like what what are you looking at and they're all and they're looking at me they're looking at me but they're looking at what's behind me and I I didn't even turn my head and I just felt this yank and I went back and it's Cyrus and he's pulling me to the I'm on the ground on the ground kicking and screaming just like um in love, it's, it, I, I compare it to because this shit is like movies. It's, it's stupid. Angela Bassett was getting her hair pulled by Larry Fishburne in uh, Love. What's Love Got to Do It? Ike Turner and Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. He's pulling her hair by the hair, and she's being dragged on the ground. That's 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 yeah. what happened. That's, I was so triggered when I saw that movie. I'm like, oh, I know exactly. I mean, she what, got the hell beat out of her all the time. I know yeah. exactly what that feels like when they yank you like that and pull you by your hair. And I'm kicking. I'm all, I'm all let me go. Yeah. And he's like, he's laughing. 
He's laughing, pulling me, and I'm it's trying. A game, it's a game to him. I'm holding. Yeah. I'm holding on to my hand, his arm, from pulling my hair out. I'm relieving the pain, mm-hmm. and kicking, and and nobody helped me. Why do you think that was? Because he's and he's laughing. I think that confused people. And he's all, I told you not to, Lisa, I told you not to go. Didn't, you don't listen to me. <laughs> she's, she's drunk, you know, and, and I'm kicking and screaming, let me go. Dennis. Now you're the crazy one to them, you know? It's De- like this oh. manipulated kind of this whole situation. And Dennis, I didn't know, was seeing this. And I'm, my hair is being pulled out. I'm, and he's laughing, and he gets me to the front door, and he rings me around like a rag doll. And I stand up, and I go, "You fucking asshole!" I'm leaving. He goes, "He goes, go ahead, go try, to, go try to start your car. Go ahead, go try to start it. You can't start that car. You ain't going fucking anywhere in that car." And um, he had already, like the week prior, was after me, and he was going to try to beat me up, and I went into a fetal position in my Volvo and he ripped off. He tried ripping off and he almost did succeed ripping off my car door because mm-hmm. he could, he was so big. He couldn't crawl into the crawl space where I was in the back of my seat because I had kicked both legs to the seats to keep him forward. And he's all, God damn it. You never fucking listen to me. And he's rocking the whole car. That was a week prior. So, you know, when he threw me out, and I said, I'm going to take my car. And he's like, you can't, you can't start that car. And won't you fucking asshole? What'd you do to my car? He's all, you're never going to drive that car again. He's all, you're going to get in my car right now. And I said, no, I'm not getting in your fucking car. And all of a sudden, very calmly, there's Dennis. And he says, what's up, man? What's going on? And I'm just, and I run to my car. And I can't start it. I'm like, what the fuck? He had thrown, he'd removed a distributor cap and he threw all kinds of shit into the engine. It wouldn't even turn. It was rocks instead. He made sure that I wasn't going to be able to drive away in this car. That's definitely psychotic. And I got into his car because he, he drove the car to me and he says, get in this car right now. And he looked at me like, if you're not going to do it now, I'm going to get you. If you don't get it now, I'm going to get you later. Hmm. And Dennis had a, had a conversation with him. And I think by me getting in the car, Dennis was like, like this. What I didn't realize was that Dennis had pulled a gun on him and told him, you're going to get the fuck out of here. And who was Dennis again? Dennis was the DJ at this club right. that I also met when I was 18 and okay. had a passionate so affair with. So kind of knew you. Yeah. Yeah. So gorgeous. Anyway, virus drove me home. And, um, um, and you're like 19. Yeah. Oh, and this is no older. No, I'm 19. Roughly 20. Yes. I'm 19 because I had already testified against piggy Mm -hmm. for shooting up. He ended up going to jail for that. He didn't know I was going to testify against him. And I walked into that courtroom and he was flabbergasted. And he ended up doing time for that. We talked in the car. Then I ended up getting out of the car. My car got fixed. They took all the rocks out of it. They put the distributor cap back on, and I did drive my car back home. So he had, he, so he, he had essentially kind of like made your car 
not work for just by pulling but that cap. You guys out. were able to put it back together. I pulled a sock out it of it. It seemed like it had Everybody been, was helping me. It seemed like it had been destroyed, yeah. but it wasn't even it's, able to be. Everything's in blotches because I ended up driving my car home because Cyrus got inside of my car when I was at my house. He was already there and he got inside my car. Why do you make me do this? Why do you make me do this? And I'm that's going, like the classic. And I'm like, you're an asshole. Guy. I said, I don't want to be with you anymore. I am done with you. I'm done with you. You're not done with me. You're never done with me. Don't you know we're supposed to be together? No, we're not supposed to be together. You're crazy. I'm not doing this with you. Matter of fact, you, I can't even stand you fucking me. I can't stand that big fucking thing. It's disgusting. I fucking hate it. What? I go, I fucking hate it. I, I can't even have an orgasm with you. So that thing is, I'm always getting, going to the doctor. I said, it's disgusting. And all he heard was, you don't have orgasms? You're faking your orgasms with me? I go, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm basically wasting my time here. I go, yeah. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my car. Fuck you. He goes, okay. Fine. And he acted like he was going to get out of my car. And that's when he full cold fist punched me with all of his might to my face bam and I remember hearing a crack and I just I went and I I went and I'm looking my my driver's side windows here so I'm at the window like this and I'm trying so hard not to cry and I turned it into laughter and I go that's when you know you're done I go you hit like a bitch you hit like a bitch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my car. He goes, why do you make me do this to you? And he starts crying. I go, "Get the fuck out of my car. You've got a choice right now. Either you get the fuck out of my car or you're going to go to jail. You can get the fuck out, get in your car, go home, or you're going to go to jail because I'm going to throw your ass in jail. I swear to God. And he gets out of the car. Never saw him again. Crying, crying. Oh, no. I saw him again. No, I I'd stayed away from him. I broke up with him. There's a girl that lived up the street on Raylene from my parents' house. My parents' street goes east and west, and there's a street that goes north and south that goes down to my parents' street. Mr. Leach had adopted foster kids into his home, so he always had kids there. There was this girl there that was probably about 15, and Aaron was going over there. I don't know how he started going over there, but he did. But there was also this, he made sure I would see him. And there was also this mysterious black guy that was walking around my house, looking at my house. Well, who is this person? I'd be at the store and this black guy would be there. I would be anywhere and this guy would be there. And I'm in a line getting ready to go inside of escapades and I looked in line and there was that guy and I had enough. I go, hold on to my shit. And I walked over to him and I go, who the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you following me? What? No, I want, I want to talk to you. I got to tell you something. And I'm like, what the? F who the fuck are you? Why are you following me? I'm here to give you your house key back. I don't want your house key. Huh? And I go, what are you doing with my fucking? This is my house key. He's all Cyrus gave it to me. He gave it to me. Big yellow gave it to me. And I go, what? He wanted me to break into the house and get you. Like, so it turns out this guy was convicted of like, battery and rape and all this stuff mm -hmm. and he got out and I guess Cyrus had met him when he was in jail when he did a little stint in jail for something I don't know maybe the guy owed him but he had felt so bad he ended up giving me my own house key and apologized 
and said, you'll never see me. I never did see him again. But I just was like, this guy's a fucking psycho. Yeah. Motherfucker. Um, so I didn't see him again for a very, very long time. It was over, and I started a new relationship with um, um, Hector. Hector was a bouncer at this club restaurant, Black Angus, which is still around well, in the 90s, early, late 80s, early 90s. Black Angus was the shit for dancing and clubbing, and, and uh, Hector was a bouncer there. And um, he had long hair and a ponytail, and we just, we hit it off, and we, it was my first normal relationship in a long time. And he was actually the first boyfriend that wasn't abusive to me, wasn't controlling to me. In fact, encouraged me. If I want to wear something skimpy, all right. Like, he loved it, you know? And, it, I mean, it, we, we spent all our time at the beach. We, it was great. I mean, he had, you know, his mom had this wacky man in her life that was weird. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, it was a normal relationship. And then Cyrus came around once he caught wind of that. And they both rode motorcycles. And Cyrus had a fetish with pepper spray at this time. And he went up to Hector on his motorcycle. And Hector looked right at him, not knowing who he was. And he pepper sprayed him in the face. And I was like... Well, it turns out Hector ended up getting off of his bike and he beat the living shit out of Cyrus. Never saw him, so I never saw him. A police officer came to my home and this um, frustrated, very tall, black cop. Philip, I think was his name. Nice guy, but unfortunately, very frustrated police officer. And uh, he says, Lisa, um, I, I don't, I, I can't remember how he knew to find me, but he did. And he was like, you need to tell me where he is. And I said, why? He's cause he's pepper spraying people in their cars. So Cyrus got a kick out of people being shocked and like, if they looked at him in the car <laughs> and he'd drive away, like he was crazy. Hmm. You know, and then turns out like a year later that cop got in trouble for planning evidence on a clearly known drug addict, drug dealer. He could he couldn't catch him, so he he was planning evidence, and they caught him. And of course, he was his career was over. But he was he was just so frustrated because he couldn't. He knew what the fuck was going on, right? I was totally on that guy's side. Like I'm like, oh, that poor poor Philip. Like I know that he he was frustrated. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so then during this whole time, I was dancing at a club called Club Metro, and I was, a, I was always dancing there, and this club was probably the most perfect nightclub I've ever been to in my life, and I've been to a lot of nightclubs. A lot of the party scene started to die in Pomona, and people started going to clubs more and more. In fact, there was an underage club that I went to growing up. It was called Grand Central Station, and it was 18 and under, bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, they still have those some, somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Before Metro was the Metro bus, it was called RTD. And I used to take the RTD, you pay the RTD 30 cents, and it would take you anywhere you wanted to go. But I we used to take it, the bus down to Grand Central Station, smoke clothes, and dance to Nina Hagen and The Cure. And we'd look in the mirror and talk and do New Romantic, because New Romantic was also something that was really popular in the early 80s. And um, um, 
when I started going to Metro, my whole world kind of just was rocked because I remember walking in there for the first time. And the very first song that was on was, um, I, I remember exactly what the song was. It was by Love and Rockets. I don't know what color your eyes are, baby, but your hair is long and brown. And it was, it, it was the right side. And I saw podiums and I saw go-go dancers wearing these extraordinary costumes. This was the side that was way before its time. This guy that was coordinating the artwork inside the studio, this, this, the alternative dance room was going to New York and getting ideas in Europe and bringing them here to this club. This Russian guy owned this club. It was called Club Metro. And then there was the funk room. That room had all of the African-American, black culture, hip hop, music, hardcore. And then there was the pop room. And the pop room played all the trendy, pump, pump the jam, pump it yeah. up, right? So that was in there. And inside this room was more bounce, more bounce to the ends. And then you go over to this other room and they're playing The Cure. They're playing... Um, uh, Love and Rockets. You could find what you what you liked. Oh man! And the, when I first walked in that alternative room, it was Greek themed, and they had hired models, and they built a stage like a Greek. Um, um, what do you call those, Tyler? Those the columns. Columns, and a big fat guy named Fred was wearing a toga with the the the, the, the greenery Nero. on his head, and these models were feeding him grapes on the stage. Hedonism. Mm-hmm. And when girl was doing it was all with fans and I was like yeah and the screens on the side of the club of the walls were playing movies and this room is huge huge I thought and the dance floor was huge I thought and there's podiums where go-go dancers are thought, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life and it, to this day I'm really I've never seen anything like it it was amazing Don who was running that program he uh he was way before his time on all that stuff. He was way ahead of fashion and what was hot, bringing it to the Inland Empire. Yeah. It's incredible. The next theme was um, airplanes. He had built an airplane, put it in the center of the dance floor like a disco ball. Like a disco ball. Yeah. And it flew and it, it flew like this and a model was sitting in it with a leather hat and goggles. Oh. And that was her job and everything was an airport. Everything was turned into an airport. It was incredible and all I wanted to do was go-go dance that's all I wanted to do and he wouldn't hire me because I was short and chunky he, he hired all these like six foot tall yeah. statuesque but Mark who was the DJ there he's like you've got to give her a chance because this chick can dance and then Mark finally runs up to me and he goes Lisa Lisa I'm gonna start you go-go dancing on Sundays he won't hire me I don't look like those models he goes I get to say who dances on Sundays you can do it we pay you 50 bucks under the table okay so I went up on that podium and I stood up there and it was a different view and I'm looking at all these dancers and Mark's ear to ear smiling. And the very first song that he played for me, you know, it was first released, nobody ever heard of it. It was called Losing My Religion from R.E.M. Oh, life is bigger, it's bigger than you and you are not me and I'm dancing and and he's just ear to ear, and he's and I'm not doing sexy. I am dancing and expressing how I feel about this song because I did love this song immediately when I heard it. And everybody was around the podium going, "Yeah!" Because I wasn't doing the hoot. Some of the girls were doing the hoochie stuff and being mm, like, "I really don't want to be here, but I'm hot and I'm sexy." Yeah. And here I am doing fucking 
I'm dancing. Like actually dancing. I'm taking my leg and I'm lifting it up. I'm holding it. I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it to the ground. I'm getting back. And I'm like, wow, man. And Don was ended up taking a peek at me and he goes, put her on Thursdays. You know? <laughs> he was so angry. Yeah. You know? Begrudgingly. Because like, okay. he's fucking all the other girls. But, he, you know, I'm not fuckable to him because I wasn't this... Who was hot back then? The supermodels, you know. I wasn't Linda Evangelista or Kate Moss. Yeah. Kate Moss was like totally his type. And here I am, you know, coming in there and it's like, no. So You're on size zero. Yeah. Here I am size ten, you know, with my tutu on and my my bustier, my tutu and my my um I didn't want to get too sexy though. And Mark liked that too because he was like, be yourself. So I would wear my suspenders with a bra. I did that whole express yourself look with Madonna, mm -hmm. pinstripe pants with my spyglass. And I would do stuff on there. And I remember a Jim, a gay guy that was dancing on the other podium, and he had this big cow head that was glowed in the dark. And he wore that big cow head on his head, and he'd dance the whole time. And he started getting dizzy and fell head first into the crowd because he had. Was, uh, was starving himself to get thin and mm. yeah he ended up dying of AIDS later but he was an incredible dancer and so sweet and then one day I'm over on the pop side and um, this guy Danny comes up to me and he says you need to come over and meet my friend he wants to meet you I go what shut up you know serious your friend wants to meet me yeah my friend wants to meet you and I had already been seeing this guy, Ramon, this Puerto Rican guy, Ramon, who was a really good dancer, but a ladies' man. And I never took him seriously. He was another drama queen. And I, because of my experience with Piggy and Cyrus, I was already over that kind of stuff. So Ramon was kind of laying on that kind of style thick, and I just knew it like the back of my hand. And I was just like, nope. And so I saw this guy, drunk as a skunk, and his head was on the table. And he looks up at me and he says, hey, and I go, yeah, he really wants to meet me. The following week, I'm in that same room, and I turn around, and he, there he is standing behind me with a leather jacket on, grinning at me, super tall. And I go, hey. He goes, hey. So sweet, so nice. Want to dance? Okay. And I go out there, and I'm dancing, and he's he's just kind of moving. He's just, you know, and I'm kind of like, okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't show off my dancing skills because this guy's not really, I mean, he's just kind of like moving with me. Dressed like Morrissey, like, you know, kind of yeah. had the pompadour and Doc Martin's white t-shirt and blue jeans. And we ended up hitting it off. We talked on the phone for hours and his name was Matthew Greg Sheffield. And I loved him very much. Thank you. Um, we were the nineties. He took me to um, every Lollapalooza, all the concerts. We went everywhere together. We were best friends. I loved him very much. Um, 
Ooh, sorry. And um, I'm saying his name just like, whew. The first, you know, yeah. good relationship you'd had yeah. in your life. Yeah, because my relationship with, with Hector just kind of fizzled out. Like, mutually, it wasn't anything major. Um, and he he had his, his flaws, of course, you know. But he was, all in all, Matthew was awesome. He's an awesome memory. And... um he loved doing mosh pits. He loved Tool. I made. He took me to go see um, the Wallflowers in Pomona. They played at the Glass House, and we were late. And he was a big boy, and I, and I was like, "Damn it!" And he goes, "What?" And I go, "We're in the back." And he's like, "Do you want to go to the front row?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Hold on." He knew to do this. Whenever he wanted to plow through people, he had me hold on to the back of his belt behind him. And he would, boom, yay, I'm in the front row. (laughs) And I was in the front row. Are you happy now? Yes. (laughs) You know, he would put me on his shoulders and when when I couldn't see, and he would do all these things with me. And um, he did not like me hanging out with my gay friends. Um, He didn't like that at all. When I started hanging around Joey and Jeff, he did not. He was not happy with that. How come? Was it the influence, or was it the? Did he was he jealous, or he didn't like me hanging around? He just didn't. It made him uncomfortable to be around because my gays were gays and gays. That, the people that would come over were gay, like a group of people. They were. It was a, the gay community. It was still. It was still. He was like, yeah. and it was. This is still when it was. Yeah. Not accepted. Yeah. You know. This is when people still think that gay is a choice. Yeah. And I'll say it the best way I can, the way that Joey told me. He says, he goes, Lisa, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican, Catholic. Why would I choose to be gay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just make this hard on myself for no fucking reason. Let me be outcasted and beat up, you know, and he yeah. goes, and he's very feminine and yeah. he's very, you know, he's like, I would, girl, you think I would choose to be this way, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, people, people don't, they're, they're stupid. They just, they still think it's a choice, you know, they think it's, I've I've met people even today that are, it's a sexual deviance or something. No stupid ass. And so, um, um, when I started hanging around Joey and Jeff, it was awesome. It was fun. And I knew that they would party and I knew that Joey was into doing speed and, and, um, and he, he he wasn't creepy about it. He, he loved sharing the wealth, and it was that was what you did. Yeah, it was normal, especially in the gay community. Methamphetamine speed was very very big in the gay community. In the nineties, especially. It, yeah, because it was very sexually un, 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 you know, your inhibitions are out the window, and you're just you know having a blast, and you're wired, and you're awake, and you know, and um, that and poppers. Poppers are huge mm-hmm. in the in the gay community. And um, I remember going to the um, the the house to meet them to go dancing and um um there was a a line lines just lines of speed on the cd and whenever joy and i would get ready we would blast lisa stansfield's first album been around the world now yeah yeah i can't find my baby and we're listening to this whole album getting ready putting on her makeup girl do a bump 
I'm not doing that shit. I told you, my brother fucking does that. I'm never, uh uh-uh, I'm not going to end up like my brother and putting on my makeup. And and he's all, okay, well, because we're going to be out all night, girl. You're going to want that energy. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be fine. And I was working all day. And the straw was there. And I said, fine, fuck it. And I took that straw and I snorted that line. Tyler, I snorted that whole thing. And I just, it burned and the rush and I just felt um, like my blood flow was like going like this. And all of a sudden it went, and I just, I was like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, let's run. You know, you're just, your heart all of a sudden just is, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Let's get ready. And we're, we're just putting on our makeup, doing our hair. Do another one, girl. No, no, I better, I better, I better. Do, look, I'll split this in half. Okay, good. Let's go. Just chasing the dragon. Just chasing the dragon. After that, you never get that high again. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. So we went to Rage in West Hollywood, and everybody there was doing bumps. I met a girl there who took me to the bathroom, and she's like, girl, this is, this is real Coke. This is great Coke. And I was like, oh, cool. So I did that. All of a sudden, I turned into goddamn Stevie Nicks, man. I'm sitting there doing coke. This is the first time I've done, done this drug. <laughs> and so we danced and danced and danced and went, did this and that. And So I kept going out. We went to Access. I mean, you know, it was just, I was living in the gay community and the club scene. So did you just drift away from your, your boyfriend? or Matt and I were still together. I was living a lie with him, never sharing with him that I was partying like that. Every chance that I got, I was doing a bump. We'd go to Magic Mountain. We lived at Magic Mountain together, too. I'd go in the bathroom, and I'd take a long time because I was making lines in the bathroom and snorting and coming back out. And In my head, I'm thinking Matt never suspected anything, but I think looking back, I'm sure he did, but he just didn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. He just His loathing grew for Joey and Jeff. And he was, he was just increasingly blaming them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know it was really hard on my birthday. Which, fair. I mean, yeah. You know. He took me to Universal Studios, and he goes, um, we got to leave. I'm taking you to Joey and Jeff's house for some bullshit dinner. Okay. And I was like, what? And, and it turned up for being... your birthday? It would end up being a surprise party. And Matt's all surprised. And it was this big surprise party. And all my friends were there, not just my gays. All my friends were there. And um, Matt was a good sport. And uh, they were like, Lisa, Lisa, oh, my God, there's a police officer looking for you. And I'm like, what? Oh, no, my tags are expired on my car. And, I'm, and the police officer standing there goes, are you Lisa Huff? And I go, yes, I'm so sorry, my tags. He goes, yeah, I'm here for more than just your tags. And I look down at his feet, and I'm like, oh, my God, it was a stripper. They hired me a stripper. Oh. <laughs> he took it all off. Everybody screamed. Matt's putting money down my blouse and all this other stuff. And at this time, Matt was working a lot. Matt was working graveyard shifts. And because he was working graveyard shifts for UPS at the airlines, loading up planes, you know, I was out with my friends. It gave me an opportunity to be without my friends. It was great. It was perfect timing. It was perfect timing. He would never really miss you anyway right be sleeping Mm -hmm. yeah and you didn't need to sleep because you were on cocaine right i was on cocaine and meth and meth and um, which has you know back then i know it was a lot more fluid with the usage today has a real like breaking bad 
Oh yeah, uh, you know, I can't watch Breaking. Vibe. I won't. It, but but back then it was a yeah. party thing. I cannot watch Breaking Bad. I've never watched it. I can't. I watched two episodes of it, and I. It's really good to watch I, Malcolm in the Middle and then watch it because then you're watching yeah. him just go from this happy dad to, so <laughs> to what he is in the show. But uh, I'm going to share with you something very very funny about methamphetamine. So when you when you're hooked when you're hooked on methamphetamine or when you when you're hooked on doing it because it's actually was an easy drug for me to kick um, on my own um, very easy um, but when I when you're a user and let's say you haven't done any for the past two days the minute you smell it or you're around it or you see it you just shit you have to shit. You have to shit right then and there. Huh. You run to the bathroom and you shit like like you're just Mount St. Helens, just explosive shit. Really? Yes. It just mentally, just any true you. meth head knows that's true. If you haven't seen it, smelt it, did it, if you've been off of it for more than a day or two, and then you see it, hold on, guys, I'll be right back. Might be a tough, tough you, watch. You just shit your brains out. I don't know if Breaking Bad ever touched on that. If they didn't, they should have, because that's a very realistic side effect of methamphetamine. It's, it's pretty. It's. I think it's more about the emotional, yeah, trauma than the physical side. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's 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 it's. I love Brian Cranston. I've always yeah. Loved Brian oh, Cranston. he's brilliant. But it's it's a it's even for me. It was it was one more. You have to. You, you can watch it in batches. Like, it's it's not something I can sit and watch yeah. the whole thing. You know, some people can watch the whole season in one, anxiety. one day. You, can, yeah. you just can't do it. It's too dark. Yeah. It's dark. And, you know, I it was meth and coke, all of that started to be around, like, normal. It, yeah. I never, I hardly ever, ever, hardly ever purchased it. Yeah. Not until, like, that final years. Um, the final year. I, I never, it was always there. It was there, like, all this wine and spirits are here it was in the room yeah no exactly. it was there yeah. somebody was talking on the end doing a bump you want some oh sure it, you know. it didn't have the same stigma it does now no it, it was at it was parties it was normal it was in restaurants people bartenders in the restaurant industry everybody was on it to keep up with the energy you know i was i really think adderall has taken its place yeah for because a lot of people, pill popping in general a lot of people now they they mm. and it's shocking yeah it's shocking how many people and people that would say, no, 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 I don't, I don't know. And, and, and I mean, my left nostril is permanently damaged from that stuff. I mean, when I sniffing anything and yeah. in general, I think when I blow my much, nose, blood still always comes out or, you know, or I'm, you know, I, if I get sick, that side gets it the worst or, mm, you know, it's, that was my mm. side was my left nostril. Like, you know, and you had to balance it out. But I always, for some reason I got the killer high from the left and, you know, and, and it was normal to do. And then I started smoking it and all this stuff. And so Matt and I, the pain of me losing Matthew in our relationship didn't exist because I was so high. And so your life just kind of, we faded, faded away and we broke it off and he moved to Las Vegas. Mm. The high, the high, I guess made you just kind of unfeelingly fade away from someone who you really cared about. Yes, because you're so numb. You're you're too busy chasing your next high. You're too busy doing that because you're. That's all you're thinking about is getting your next high, so that you can go to work, so that you can clean the house. Yeah. 
You're not thinking about anything else except that and staying up all night and just addicted to that taste in your mouth and that feeling in your mouth. And, and we did, we ended up fading out and, and, uh, I, he moved, he moved to Las Vegas and I got in a relationship with someone at work and that faded. I, he was, he, he looked exactly like Robbie Benson and he was a major, he was a ganja head, so it didn't work. Uh, emotional issues, temper tantrums. Every time I went to his house, something was broken or ripped off the wall because he wouldn't, didn't get high. It was so funny. But, you know, we had great sex, and he cooked amazing breakfasts for me in bed, but he was not um, healthy for me. And a, a busboy at my work was asking about uh, seasonal Laker tickets. And for some reason, or on my apartment on the third floor, I was getting the LA Times delivered to my front door. And um, I told that to my coworker, and he said, "He said, oh, you you think there's seasonal Laker tickets in there?" And I go, "Yeah, dude, I see them all the time." And so that night, I went home, did a couple bumps, looked, saw the seasonal Laker tickets, and that's when I found um, Arthur's ad in the paper. We're going to take a quick little break, Mm -hmm. let you take a little break, and then we'll come back with the rest of your story. Yeah. Cool. We're almost there. Awesome. (laughs) 